All right. And uh, that was our intro that you just heard that doesn't <laughs> exist yet. <laughs> we don't have it. The one, the one that I haven't made yet because uh, I'm lazy. I don't know. Just do it raw, dude. Like just no intro first, on this on this no, one. No just intro. Do just do it just straight up. up. All right. So then you didn't hear an intro. <laughs> Anyways, this is our newest. Welcome to the newest edition to the Game Rage Magazine Podcast Network. This is panel two panel, the comic book podcast. Oh, yeah. And if you listen to our other stuff, we appreciate you checking this out. If you're new here, though, and you don't know who we are, my name is Josh, and I'm here today with Adam. Howdy. And I'm also here today with Frank. Hello. And so... The uh, scope and purpose of this podcast, in case you didn't figure it out from the title and me also saying that it's a comic book podcast, is going to be talking about comic books. Generally, we were talking about doing, reading some new some new books that are out and us talking about them on here, you know, that kind of stuff. And that's probably what, how it's going to go in the future. We're also going to talk about old stuff that we enjoy as well. And we're going to maybe go back and read some old stuff that, you know, still exists that potentially we have in the collection here. <laughs> Um, so this first episode is basically just going to be an introduction, kind of like how we always do on these type of niche, uh, podcasts, I guess, as we talk about, Hey, what, what do we do? What do we know and who we are? So I guess, uh, let's start it off with Frank. Let's start off with Frank today. Frank, why don't you tell me about uh, your experience with comic books? How long have you been collecting them? How long have you been reading them? Not very long. Not very long. When would you say you started? Adam, when did we meet? <laughs> I mean, shit. Man, that was what? 2010? 10-ish, yeah. 10, 11. So around, that, around that time. Remember, that's when you... Sh- I think it was you that showed us George's. May- yeah, maybe. I mean, fuck that. <laughs> Man, that'd be a great topic to b- talk about fucking yeah. uh, different comic book stores because there, there's some ones I want to shit on. Oh, good. Oh, you know what? That'll be, <laughs> that'll be episode two is comic book stores. <laughs> yeah. anyways, and then we go can go... Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> That's when I started. Oh, so back in like, you know, the 2010, 2010-ish, 2011. About that time where I ended too. <laughs> the great flood. The great flood of uh, Frank's apartment. Yeah. <laughs> so what are some of your favorite comic books or characters that you've enjoyed throughout the years? That's two whole different subjects. Okay. So what are some of your favorite comic books uh, that you've enjoyed? Recently was the Court of Owls. That's Batman, right? Just for the people that That's don't know. The whole family. The whole Bat fam. But it's Batman, uh it's Batman like themed, right? Or whatever. It's the whole Bat family. So yeah. It was sure. every it was every Batman family comic. It was Batman, Batman and Robin, the Batman Incorporated, uh Red Hood, all of them. Okay. Then before that, some of my favorites were Blackest Night. Uh, Tower of Babel. Pootie Tang number three. <laughs> that's not even a joke. That's actually a comic. Pootie Tang is the comic? It's not, it's not the movie Pootie Tang, but it's called Pootie Tang. I might have to get, I might have to find that. Get this that. is really, I forgot the name of it. I read it a long time ago. Yeah. It's about um, an army unit that got left behind in Vietnam. Uh-huh. And they're just fighting off. Literally, all the people who died in Vietnam came back as zombies. Oh, shit. 
That's I forgot what dope. it was called, but it was it was it was only like three or four five issues, but it was good. Was it was it in the new fifty two? No, it wasn't DC or Marvel. It was oh, like, it was just some it, random it wasn't even image. I think it was just I think it was self published too. Oh wow, that's a pretty cool concept. Yeah. Okay, so now obviously you enjoy the characters outside of the comic. Mm-hmm. I don't know medium, right? I guess that's the right. What where would you call it? I don't know. It depends what you're trying to say. Well, I'm I'm just trying to say. So obviously, I know, like, I know you're a huge fan of Batman, mm-hmm. right? So you obviously enjoy him outside of the con, like the the universe that exists in, let's say, like Batman the animated series or the other well, mediums by which Batman exists. Yes, until <coughs> fuck, who was the one that did the the uh, Arkham games? Was it Rock City or Two Take or Take Two? Yeah, I think it was. I think it was Take Two. Did the I don't know because they it was one of those two because one of them took over after. Uh-huh. And Suicide Squad that just came out is supposed to be the... Like the end of it? The end of it. And I guess it pissed off a lot of people because it's technically Kevin Conroy's final... Appearance as Batman? Yeah. Minus Mark... Or, oh, okay, yeah. Before he died. And it doesn't have Mark Hamill. No, because Joker died in uh, Arkham City. That's right. But the main person in this is Harley Quinn. And she ends up, at the end of the fucking game, she ends up putting a bullet in Batman's head. Wait, what? In what game? In this new Suicide Squad game. The whole premise is... It's, it's called think, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. Yeah. That's like the tagline. They literally... The, the Justice League gets taken over by, I think, Brainiac or somebody, and they literally have to kill all the pe- members of the, of the uh, Justice League. Even Batman? Batman was the final one. It was They did this whole thing, but... Wait, you, people, you, you played it? Uh, no, I was just... It's not even out yet. It's still only up for pre-order, leaked, but I... Yeah. Leaked, out, leaked the entire fucking game. Oh, shit. Yeah, and I saw, a, I saw now, the... And I was like, fuck, I wanted to play this game. Yeah, so did I, because I saw the fucking thing on Instagram. I saw the, the thing of her shooting Batman. I'm like, what the fuck is that from? And then they're like, oh, Suicide Squad killed the Justice League. Fuck, terrible, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, thanks for ruining it, you fucking assholes. And so, yeah, it was like... <clears throat> so people are pissed off saying, oh, you literally had to kill Kevin Conroy? <laughs> well... I mean, it's a hell of a way to go out. But then they, I guess they just announced, no, he has a small role in, like, a upcoming animated movie. Oh. So, they're saying that's going to be his final performance, but still. Yeah. But it's like not like they knew he was going to die. I mean, that's true. And then Mark, you know, as you all know, Mark Hamill said, I'm done. If my he's bat- done. My Batman's gone. Yeah. Just And it makes sense because there is no Joker without Batman. Yeah. I mean that's that's respect right there, man. That's that's also what that is too. That's well, like no, because if you actually you know? read the comics, um, Kim, what's his name? Uh, Kevin Smith. Yeah. Cooper, shut up. Kevin, uh, Kevin Smith, because he did the Cacophony Batman series. Yeah. And it, um, he had a prequel series to that too, where he talks about literally, jo- they, he beats the fucking shit out of Joker. Uh huh. And when he's in the hospital. He like fucks with their system, so they gave him the max dose of every antipsychotic medication that's basically available, uh-huh. so he could have a straight up, legit conversation with Joker. And and like other comics have done it, but the, I like the way he did it, where it's like, it's simple, man. If you're alive, I will exist. You can kill me. Somebody will take the Joker mantle, as long as there's a Batman. A Joker will exist, which is crazy in the dichotomy of Batman is to try to stop crime. But but the only reason, essentially, by that logic, that crime exists is because there is Batman to or the supervillains exist or whatever is because there's Batman. Mm-hmm. 
You create funny. a nuclear deterrent, everyone's gonna everyone's yeah. gonna get nukes. Interesting. So but that's always the interesting <clears throat> thing about him. Yeah. Like he's a person with no powers, yet demigods acknowledge him. Gods acknowledge him. Yeah, in uh what was it? Was it Doom? Was it Justice League Doom? When uh he says that, oh man, I was hoping I wouldn't have to or what was he saying? He says something about, oh man, I'm I'm just glad I didn't have to go up against Batman. Mm-hmm. Some shit. And then Batman has this whole plan of how to kill everyone in the Justice League. Like he's got the whole that's Tower of Babel. Oh, Tower of Babel. Yeah, that's what it is. But it's I think it's called Justice League Doom. Yeah, that was in the, the, in the movie form. Yeah, in yeah. movie format. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Um, that was the other thing. DC is usually very fucking good at making animated movies, but that Court of Owl movie was fucking dog shit. They, it's one of the best stories they came up at the time, the New 52. Yeah. But when they put it into movie format, it was just dog shit. I don't remember what happened. <clears throat> I don't even remember what. I watched it. They, I, yeah, they changed they, a lot of it. They changed oh, so much of it. The only cool scene was Alfred blowing one of their heads off and he's saying that infamous line, oh, do you think that my master's rule, my, you think the head of my household's rule will protect you from me? Like, you think that could have been because that story was kind of expanded over multiple? Even if you would have just focused on the main Batman story, mm-hmm. it it's still which is what they did. Well, no, this was more focused on the whole Batman and Robin thing because they made this whole thing about Robin joining Talon because that's he sees him as a real father figure because he thinks yeah. Batman's a bitch, right? Because there's no kill rule and all that shit, oh, which okay. has always been a thing with Robin, right? That Robin, Damian Wayne, yeah, that. Because he was raised by Ra's al Ghul. Yeah, the League of Shadows, the League of Assassins. And he's basically trying to deprogram him from all the stuff he learned from that. And also, like, his character was, it was improved upon in the Batman and Robin series that was parallel to the Batman, Batman series when the well, New more, 52 started. That's what I liked about the New 52 is like all. Because all the Batman ones were kind of connect, were connected to each other. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's like from what I understand, like the Superman ones weren't connected, the Wonder Woman ones were connected. But I know because Batman had a what, like eight, like twelve comics. Fuck, I don't know. Oh, dude, there was a shit. Ton. I mean, I have during a, the New Fifty Two. Yeah, what's well, I'm saying as we'll talk about because I have a shit ton of the New Fifty Two stuff because I fucking bought into it because I'm an idiot. Well, it was and, good. No, I mean, but like I bought into like, oh man, I need to collect all of these. Like, I need to get everything. I, so. There's ones that there was like a Western one that was all Gotham themed. Like it was like yeah, that one was fucking great, which was great, too. But like that was the one because it was cool, too, because when the Court of Owl event happened, because that was um, what's his name? The founder of what's his name? Um, The Asylum Arkham. Uh, It was the guy. It was the guy who who family. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was him and Jonah Hex and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And even they yeah. have a little run-in with the fucking Court of Owls back then. Before Gotham was even built, the Court of Owls were already there. So it was like yeah. the whole thing in the show. But going back to my whole thing, like, yeah, yeah. well, Batman like that. Uh, somebody did a, I think it was a fan comic, and I, I think it was the most coolest shit ever. Where uh, Superman was flying through space, and he runs into a yellow lantern. And it was, it was like a weird alien where he could turn it, he turn his body into smoke. Mm-hmm. So every time Superman tried to punch him, he just phased right through him and stuff. And like the more he played with them, like the ring, you know, the ring tells you like, oh, it starts analyzing the person. It starts telling you their fears. And like, so he's like doing this whole thing where he's wrapping around him. Like, so what is your fear? And like, he's trying to get rid of him. What is it? And then like the ring starting like, he goes, and then it shows like a planet exploding. Oh, 
your fear is that you're going to fill your your world. No, no, there's something deeper, deeper, and the ring starts going little, and then a bunch of black bats just fly out of the ring. <laughs> I thought, oh, that was so that cool. That is cool as fuck, man. <laughs> that is pretty sweet. So basically you're like when you were a kid, you didn't really read comics. I did. I read the um because my mom would my sister would buy them every so often for me, uh-huh. but I never collected them until, the, honestly, a little bit before the New 52. Um, because what I one of my favorite things to do was go, to go to the library and read them. Right, yeah. And uh, my cousin did collect them, and I would read them from him. That's how I read Black as Night, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then he would tell me, like, I saw uh not my cousin, my um, some friends I met at the library. There was like, yeah. you know how you have little group sessions? Right, like yeah, that. yeah. That's how my experience was with comic books, but like, I read. Um, I was obsessed with the Teenage Mutant Turtles when I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. I think we, I think but it's it was, safe to say, but it wasn't us. one that stuck like it did uh-huh. with you, right? Yeah, because um, I didn't say I, I wouldn't say I got over them. They just became more of a kind of a side thing, you yeah. know. Nothing like say like Star Wars, or right? Yeah, video games and stuff like that stuck with me. But for me, the the beginning of it all was always going to be Batman the Animated Series. Mm. And then a close, okay, a distant second would be the X-Men series. Yeah, that original uh, X-Men series from, what, like the late 80s, early 90s or whenever that was, man, that I, one was so good. I don't know if you heard of his name. Uh, he's, his name's Dan Bailey. He has a YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. He's the vo- He used to be like the voice for like voiceover stuff. For uh-huh. like, like in a world where things. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Like that announcer voice. And he had the thing where it was um, not everything great, but like. Honest trailers okay. of things. And he did one on um, the X-Men series. And he goes, like, again, because everybody loved that fucking series. Yeah. It was fucking well made and everything. And the guy's like, he goes, he goes, and he goes, it rose, it rose above all else to become the second best comic books, comic book based TV show of all time. And when you play second fiddle to Batman, you know you're doing something right. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty fucking good. <clears throat> All right, so I guess we'll move. On. Let's move on to Adam now. What's the unless you got any more to expand I'm just upon? Asking questions. Yeah, all right. I, I did not make up any of these questions. I'm just making them up as we go along. I did not fucking write anything down. So like, this is just you know whatever. This is not meant to be. I guess like a legit interview. But anyway, so Adam, let's go to you. What was your experience starting out? When did you start collecting comics or start reading them? I guess. Mm, I think at some point, probably when I was five years old. Mm. Uh, there was a store in some mall near me that, uh, man, I remember seeing Venom number one when he was the lethal protector. Mm -hmm. And then, but my primitive smooth brained ass (laughs) was more concerned with, oh, hey, there's a Sonic comment. I like Sonic. I like Sonic. Hold on. Grenade launcher. And the whole, the whole time. The whole time I was looking for Knuckles. I'm like, where the fuck is Knuckles in this comics? Who's, who's this bitch Sarah? Yeah. Because there's like this chickmunk chick in the did comics. Ever, did you ever read the Archie Sonic comics? Not the not the new one, but I read the Where, where the he's one. basically a god? No. So, uh, sorry, but I have to cut off on your thing. But apparently the Archie comic book Sonics are so powerful that they can, they can, uh, they can, um, one shot anybody from the Dragon Ball Z universe. Hmm. As of what? Like supersonic or whatever? 
not even supersonic, just uh, sonic with a few power rings. Oh, okay. Because yeah. the way the way the power rings work in the Archie comic books apparently are crazy. Mm. Interesting. We'll have to look into that. But anyways, okay. So when you were a kid, when so then you, that's when you kind of started reading them, and you got obviously you were into the kid stuff, right? Because that's you know. I you mean, I could have had. I mean, half of it too was the art itself. I mean, yeah. And it the lethal venom, the lethal protector, the the issue. Um, I didn't buy it that time, but my my cousin gave me a comic. I didn't protect it at all. I mean, he's like, take care of it. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm five years old. What do I? Oh, I'm a drawing and I'm a color in it. You know. Yeah, I, I, I fucking. Could, I could draw it. these better than these guys. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I fucking lost it, and then he also gave me. Uh, I don't know where that one's at, but I had uh, an X Men number one, the '90s one, where Magneto. Um, it's drawn by Jim Lee. Yeah, but I again, I didn't follow up on that. Like I, I was five years old and. I, I don't want to say I lost interest in comics because every time I would visit him, he would show me like, I mean, not that I understood what was going on because I mean, later in my life, he'd show me uh, Watchmen and V for Vendetta and a bunch of other stuff. And he was talking about, yeah, you know, we were talking about Tower of Babel. Like, yeah. Like, oh, dude, you got to check out the story with fucking Batman, and the plans of how he was going to take out the Justice League if they ever went rogue. Uh, those plans get out and then all that shit. And then he was talking about Grant Morrison's run on JLA or Justice League, how, uh, cause it was like one of the cooler moments of Batman was when he takes on the white Martians and, um, their weakness was fire. So he, uh-huh. eventually he escapes or something. And then he has, uh, he gets them all in one spot and then he has a candlestick and he just fucking lights them on fire. It's, fu- <laughs> it's fucking great. It's brutal. Like, yeah. So, you always told you always told me about all the great stuff, uh, but I think I didn't really start collecting comic books until around 2008, maybe like a little after high school or during high school. Uh, I started uh, I I think I bought um, Batman R.I.P., which is like well after the fact of, of the Batman and Son. Era, like yeah. the Grant Morrison mm-hmm. era of Batman when he was the, the Damien character was introduced and there was like three Batmans that they experimented on that all of them went crazy. So they had to take <laughs> them all down because they were trying to create like backup. I think backup plans are uh, for for if Batman was absent, like what would happen? Yeah, OK. Uh, or at least that's what I remember. So I read Batman R.I.P., which is more or less like kind of the end of the thing. And then there was a fucking extended period where they were going to bring back Bruce Wayne into the fold because he was displaced in time because of Dark Side's Omega Beams and yeah. Final Crisis. Everybody thought he was dead, but he wasn't. Yeah, really yeah he wasn't dead or anything, but uh, so I got interested in that. That kind of dra- uh, dragged me. So I, when I was reading Batman, Batman wasn't even Bruce Wayne. It was fucking Dick Grayson. But it was cool because mm. that, that comic book series with... Oh, Batman- what was the name of that comic series? Uh, was it Battle for the Cow? Battle for the cow, yeah. When oh, uh, when just, Batman dies or something, and or he go in, he got this right, transported to this dimensions, right? After right? Dar- the dark side killed him. Yeah, okay, there you go. And, and they uh, were all fighting for it, right? Yeah, no. Or, Jason Todd just straight up took it. It's just to this day, I think it was probably one of the most badass Batman suits I've ever seen in my fucking life. The one he had with the fucking armored uh, fucking things, and he's just like fucking. Oh, it's Batman! Everybody, just put your hands. Kills all of them. Lights them up. Um. So yeah, I was reading that Batman. It wasn't that great because by the time there was a point where I stopped reading that, 
and then the the new 52 was introduced and that's when i was re, re, it rekindled it i don't know if it rekindled it but i was gonna find other things to read which was i guess what leads to green lantern because i was i saw blackest night number one the cover with the giant fucking skull and mm-hmm. the rings shooting out i'm like this is this is fucking wicked cool so then pretty much from there and that was probably back in like 2008 or 9 that i started reading that series and then uh the rest is history do you have any f- favorite books i guess or oh yeah runs? for sure most recent one i mean everybody's got to read this at some point is uh al ewing and joe bennett's fucking immortal hulk it's badass it's like uh it's like uh dante's inferno if if, if it uh, was the hulk yeah <laughs> cool. but it's got it's got body horror and everything oh man it's, it's like supernatural it's so what's strange. it called it's called what's it called it's the immortal hulk right. yeah it's one of the best if you like body horror and shit like that you should check out you should really read the uh the fucking berserker manga dude the berserker manga i is that the one with the big fucker with the big sword? Big ass sword. Yeah. Oh man, that is that one is <laughs> fucking brutal. No, but dude, seriously though, like it's black and white. Mm. It but it is some of the most beautiful <laughs> shit. Yeah, fu- it's gore, but like it's fucking art, dude. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It, now I don't know because obviously that's manga is technically a comic. It's comics. It's Japanese comics, yeah. right? They don't consider it that. They consider it its own they, thing. No, no, because they have their own. Comics are huge in Japan as well. I mean, I'm going to say huge, but it has a mark in Japan. As we saw with the fucking, like, you ever seen that fucking Ninja Batman? Oh, okay. Yeah, fucking, yeah. That was made in Japan. Oh, Japan. yeah. Yeah. It has a, I would say, foothold in Japan because it's considered something different than manga. Manga is like, uh, I think it, was, it originally started off as like an art form. Like, and it's just, it turned into storylines. Yeah. I still can't read those. Well, you can do right to left, the the right to left stuff because I, I mean, I mean, it's but probably it's, the exact same thing as a comic book where you kind of figure out because you're no, there it's, it's structured. Um, one, two, three, one, two, three. Like, yeah. so if it's if it's four panels, then it's one, two, three, four. If it's like six panels and they're disfigured, then it's gonna go in a zigzag, it's gonna go in a zigzag. It's always in an order, yeah. Uh, my favorite one is one, two, three, one, two. So it's one, two, big center one, or like uh, the way they like to do. I saw this one where it's like it, it was. It reminded me of a comic book where mm. the center was a hexagon, and the one, two was just like blade, like formed around it. Like yeah, but normally it's always one, two, one, two. So it's, it's always right to left. Yeah. So it's it's actually honestly sometimes it's easier to read than a comic book. Mm. Um. But um, you get over it, too, because if you buy a manga, the book is made to be like that. So it's not like you're trying to read like this. It's already made to be folded in that direction. Mm, I got you. But for me, it was a lot different because I 90% of the mangas I've read was through um, illegal websites. <laughs> uh, not, not, because, uh, not because I didn't want to pay for them, but. It's hard to get. No, not, it's not that it's hard to get. Um, well, yeah, it's hard to get, I guess. It's <laughs> like, um, so when I was reading Naruto, so when Naruto ended in Japan, the mangas here, I think they're still going right now because <laughs> it still hasn't caught up. 
Oh, because oh, the, the translation so yeah. to English. By the time and... it translates and whatever, it was. It's actually funny. Like the like at least reading through manga manga panda manga reader and stuff like that. There was literally one person in Japan that was getting the blanks out to people to translators, so they could uh, translate it and then put it on these illegal websites because it's not an official translation. So there's sometimes when you read like the Viz version of Naruto, it's like, oh, they took that kind of liberty with it, huh? Mm. <laughs> like. But you just wanted to read it first. Yeah, because I want to keep, keep up with it. Yeah. Like, um, you can get it zero hour. The raws is what they're called. Mm. Um, but usually it takes about a day. Sometimes, like, there's some people who did it, like, within the hour. They would translate it and put it up on Manga Panda or Manga Reader. And, um, but sometimes you would have to wait a day or so to get it translated and shit like that. As opposed to, okay, here you go, Viz Media. Here's the Raws. Cool. Thank you. I'm supposed to do something with these. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, uh, do we? Do any of you guys no, no, speak no, Japanese no. or read no, Japanese? Like, no, no, no. You, 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 you're six months too late. <laughs> oh, that's six months <laughs> too early. Just, okay. Just hold on to it. Let me just collect my paycheck. Hey, Jim, uh, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> oh, you're supposed to um, get it over to the translator. All right, cool. Can you give it to him? Yeah, he was waiting for like two months ago, but he went on vacation. So, you know. Oh, so where's the other translator? <laughs> what do you mean other translator? <laughs> you think we're a fully functioning wheel? Yeah. So, uh, it, so it's, it's a process. It just takes forever. It takes forever. I mean, remember the whole thing? Like, uh, I think, was it My Hero that started it? The whole simulcast? Oh, or yeah, it, with the anime. As soon as it's out in Japan, it's going to be, the translation is going to be out in America. Well, it's, still two weeks, it's still two weeks behind. Like, still that's, two weeks behind. That's the best they've gotten it to is two weeks. It takes them two weeks to translate it and record it and then dub it, which it's funny. I can't, like, look at, your, look, at uh, look at the turnover rate, not turnover rate, but the process rate in Japan. Uh-huh. They get that shit done in a week. These mangas are released in a week. Like drawn and drawn, written, lined, everything week. From constant start to finish. Yeah. Uh, what was it? One, in one of the ninja handbooks from Naruto, uh, he literally he literally put one, uh the outlines for his process. Uh he one whole page was just the uh uh well you, you've been apartment hunting before. Yeah. When you look at layouts for oh, an apartment. Yeah, yeah. He literally one whole page just the layout goes, all right, so this is where my slaves make this thing. This is where my <laughs> other guy makes this thing. This big ass room is where I where I get to do my work. <laughs> so like he had the whole thing, but like, yeah, yeah. Um and um, what's it called? Um, what's his name? Said it best. The guys from T4 Star when they're doing the review on um Godzilla. Cause you know, they made it for so cheap, but made so much money. And he goes, no, it's not because they're good at that. Japan is so fucking exploitative when it comes to their people. So when people say, oh, it, it takes them a week. At first I was like, damn, these guys really work hard. No, it's it takes them a week because they don't sleep for, t- they only get two hours of sleep a week. <laughs> um, yeah, that's crazy. Now, well, we'll go back to that because I have some, I have some things to say about that. But, but let's go back to Adam real quick. So. Favorite books 
You no, talked I left about, off on yeah. Blackest Right. Night, so what, yeah. give me you got any you got any more of your top oh, yeah. you know, tier? Uh, I said Immortal oh, Hulk. Yeah, I was looking uh, at the Immortal Hulk and man, those shits look good. I got I'm gonna have to start. Dude, it turns those. into like a whole existential thing. The best part about that fucking comic book is that it cycles because uh in this well, as I think it's happened in multiple occasions for Bruce Banner that he has a split personality between the Hulk and himself. Yeah. But this one, he cycles through each of them. Like he goes through Gray Hulk when he's like a mobster. Uh, he, his name is Joe Fixit. Like that personality is called Joe Fixit. Okay. Um, Can he fix it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Joe Fixit is kind of like the street savvy version of Bruce Banner, but there's a whole bunch of them. Um, and in like throughout the whole run, they utilize the best versions or the best version. They they go through every version in specific settings. I probably shouldn't have said that because that's it's part of like that's half the <laughs> part of the story. Yeah. yeah it's, it's half the fun is reading. Well, that. this is this isn't a review show. This is just us talking about what we yeah, like. Yeah, that's, so that's true. Yeah. Um so I'll, you, yeah. Part of the intro will, will just be us just saying, this will have spoilers. <laughs> oh yeah, it's yeah. true. Uh Okay, so I'm not really, man, I had high hopes for Jonathan Hickman and Pepe Larraz's fucking uh, X-Men run. And RB Silva was also part of that team. He was like the, the there was like the rotation of artists that they had. That was and one, one comic I, I regret not getting into was the Phoenix Force ones that you were talking about. The Phoenix Force? Remember, uh, it was, remember the X-Men, they got like, they all got that, that Phoenix Force power. Oh, that, yeah, that must have been during like the X-Men versus Avengers. Yeah, that's series. exactly what it was. But um, because I remember you like talked about talked about them like like um, and you gave him good you gave him a good review and I was like oh I gotta check it out but I always forget to mm, yeah so the X Men series is because they had been away for a good minute because there was a mm-hmm. point where I think Fantastic Four was gone for a long while and I think part of it was due to the fact that Fox owned Fantastic Four. At the time, well, they own the movie rights. Marvel still own the comic rights. They did own the, yeah, they own the comic rights or whatever. But I think because of the fact that Fox owned the movie rights, that they didn't want to promote those characters anymore. Mm -hmm. So they went absent for like long ass time. But now that Disney owns them all, yeah, yeah. Now, now it's just now they can now they're they're one big old happy family again. Yeah, they just need they just need Sony. Yeah. uh, so and that that was also part of the deal was that X Men were also part of, I think Fox as well, yeah. and they were absent for a long ass time. So when it came back, the team that they put together was this guy named Pepe Larraz and Jonathan Hickman, and I gotta say, so the ongoing series, the ongoing series that went after the two miniseries, which was Dawn of X and uh-huh. then Powers of X, those two series, they're both six issues each. Man, that is some of the best fucking X-Men that I've read. And it's so fucking good that you don't, you don't even have to read the ongoing series because the ongoing series is dog shit. Uh-huh. It, it basically, <laughs> it basically uh, Xavier has been dead or he was trapped in somebody's mind. I think it was like Phantom X, this French mutant. Uh-huh. Uh, like Because he has three brains and he was in one of the brains. And I forget how they pulled him out. But... Uh, Xavier comes back. He's no longer paralyzed. He's a young Charles Xavier. Uh, and his whole plan is to create a mutant nation and to regenerate the mutant pop- population. And um, it, it's so badass because I love when fucking Magneto and Xavier are on the same page. Yeah. So, like, 
he told him what the deal was because even Magneto was like, fuck, man, I can't even fight you on this one. This is, <laughs> this is a fucking great plan. Yeah. And he's like, this is what I've wanted. This is what I've dreamed of is having a mutant nation, a, a, a utopia. We ha- we've done it before in other places, but it, it always turns the shit. But like this version, this plan you have come together, you, you've put together is excellent. Yeah. So like one of my favorite panels is when is like they're celebrating because they have like an island to themselves, like a whole continent or whatever. And all the mutants are like celebrating and shit. And um, it's, it's Magneto and fucking Xavier. And they're standing on top of this cliff. He's like, Oh, look what we've built. Charles. It's like, it's so fucking Uh, badass. But my favorite, there was another Charles. Yeah. (laughs) You know what? Sorry. It's just that you remind me of the scene. um, uh, And, Going back to Japanese uh, storytelling with um, Naruto, they're talking about the creation of the Leaf Village. Mm-hmm. Because before the Leaf Village, all the clans just killed each other. They were just always in constant war. Mm-hmm. And the two biggest ones were the Senju and the Uchihad. Yeah. And the big heads of those clans at the end was um, Hashirama and Madara. And they actually ended up becoming friends when they were kids by accident. Uh-huh. And so when they became adults, like his clan ended up killing... Each other's they, they killed each other's brothers and shit. Yeah. And um they defeated my Madara and he was like, This is it. I have to you know. And he's like, Come on, can we just fucking make this work? He goes, You there's no way. There is no way for you to show me your guts and to show me your true intentions, whatever. Yeah. yeah. He goes, if you want to show me true intentions, then kill yourself. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> one of the most beautiful ones, he Hashirama tells him, Thank you. And like his brother's like, what do you mean? Thank you. You he goes. He asked me to kill myself instead of killing you. He goes. That was the mercy that Madara gave me to to end this. Mm. So as he was about to stab himself, Madara stopped him. And so they start talking, and then they both go back to the spot where they used to hang out as kids when they became friends. And then they realize that in in the war, it got blown up. And it exposed the valley. Mm-hmm. And so they're standing there and he goes, huh, this would be a great place for a village. And then that's the birth of the Leaf Village. And it shows them again standing there. He goes, huh, we should put our faces here, you know, as the Hokages. Well, that would be great. And then they stood there, too, as the final time. And that's where they stood again, too, when he left the village again to become enemies. So they became friends there. They built their village there that they both were together. Mm. And that's where they ended their friendship as well. Yeah. Because the next time they met as enemies. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That, that just reminded me where they're standing there. Yeah. Because I'm saying, like, maybe <clears throat> that's the next step is, I don't want to agree. I'm starting to disagree with you, man. Yeah. Uh, the other cool part about that fucking series was a lot of mutants had been dead. So they managed to revive them. And there was like, huh? Ow. All right, so there was like, like at least fuckery. When, at, least, how. at least in Black is Nine, when they brought people back, it was because of the White Lanterns did it. Yeah, so they had. Well, the Black so, Lanterns did it, but they were like a zombie. It was super badass. Yeah, so all right. they had this crew or group of people called the Five, and they made the stu- one of the stupidest. Did characters they come with burgers ever. and fries? Huh? Did he, were they five burgers and fries? No. <laughs> <laughs> one of the characters. There's this character named fucking Gold Balls. Gold Balls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He literally makes fucking gold balls, right? So 
it, it, I forgot who else was part of it, but uh, it was like Scott Summers and and uh, God damn it, what was her name? Because Scott Summers had a daughter, and she's capable of taking on. She was kind of like Rogue, so it was like Scott Summers' kid. Scott and, Summers is that Cyclops? Yeah. Wait, didn't wasn't Cable his kid? Yeah, well, I guess. The other, the other, well, this girl kind of looks like Jean Grey because she has red hair mm-hmm. and shit. But, um, and then she was technically this, she was adopted by Cable. X-Men. Jesus, X-Men. Can I, ask you one, can I ask you one question that's been bugging me for a very long time? Yeah. And I've been too lazy to look up. Yeah. What the fuck does Calendar Man do? Calendar Man? Yeah, from, from Batman? 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 Yeah. Oh, shit. Uh, I don't remember, dude. I, that's from Long Halloween, I think, right? I can't remember. He's it's, always, been a, it's been a while since I read He's it. been around a lot. Like, people reference him in everything. Yeah. And, like, no one ever explains what he does. Like, in Arkham Asylum, he's like, hey, that's um Calendar Man down there. Don't go Steam down alone. there. Even <laughs> Batman, like, Batman comes up. You, like, he's in his cage. Like, you belong here, you monster. What's that thing? What's that thing? You, what's that uh, word for talking about a joke? Oh, we never talk about that thing. oh shit yeah, like that was that disney movie that we don't talk about bruno yeah oh, no nah, yeah. there's like a word for that though ostracize it's, it's a no. joke it's, a, it's like a joke you have to be in on the joke in order to uh well actually you don't even, you don't even technically explain it you just say oh, man. oh we don't talk about that an inside yeah. joke it's like huh an inside joke an inside let me see if i can google that it's something like uh saying man we can never really talk about that time we went well, to Vegas. Kind of like the joke, kind of the joke we formed up with our name. With what magazine? Oh yeah. Oh game region. Oh, yeah. it's like yeah, yeah, we can't. Yeah, about that. <laughs> oh. What's something called ineffable? Wait, no. no, that's not it. What do you call the things that nobody talks about? Taboo. That's not it. No, it's about it's it's about it's a it's a specific term for a joke. That you don't explain what that thing is, because and that talked makes, about it in some Dragon Ball shit. Yeah, yeah, I was, I'm literally trying to come ah. up with it. Like, I'm. Well, in ah. the meantime, while you think about it, uh, so yeah, like I was saying in the X Men series, uh, Jonathan Hickman. So he basically recreated. He he started the universe from scratch. I mean, actually, it's not even technically he restarted the universe or anything, but in the current Marvel universe, this is how they yeah. were brought in Mm -hmm. and uh for all all the mutants that were dead they were brought back because uh charles xavier had this fucking thing where he kept the minds of people in like a a hard drive right like cerebo okay like cerebo huh was that giant computer he has cerebo cerebro yeah so he was able to store people's minds and then he would bring their bodies back and then the last state of their mind would be injected into these. Oh man, like that's a, cool. A save file. Yeah, like a save file or whatever. So, like the five were able to recreate like the bodies, and then Xavier like would plant the the memories of the pre. If they died, like their last memories or their last yeah. save state, <clears throat> he could put it back in them, so they can they could be regenerated like most of the times. But they're. I didn't get to read. I ended up giving up on the series because I just lost interest and it just didn't go anywhere. Uh-huh. But the reason that it was interesting. It's kind of one of those things where like it hypes you up so much, but then it can't keep you up at that level. It, it, I don't know, man. That book just fell apart because Jonathan Hickman eventually moved away from the book itself and it just it just fell apart. But um, yeah, so there was these five people. They could bring all the mutants back. And that was like every time somebody dies, oh, we could just go to these people. And, um, but yeah. there was a scene where like they had basically five. 
I think it was like the the original giant size X Men team. I think, I think it might have been the giant size X Men team. So like they died. They went on this mission to destroy like this fucking giant ass fucking Sentinel in space uh-huh. because um, this new company had be, been created to was Peter Dinklage it, ahead of it. Huh? Was Peter Dinklage in charge of it? <laughs> uh what's his name uh Bolivar Trask yeah <laughs> yeah uh, well uh I actually don't remember it was like three different organizations that were trying to eliminate the X-Men and they built this fucking space station where they were building this giant ass fucking sentinel in space and um the the X-Men essentially went you didn't know this but you would go the the X-Men went on a suicide mission to go destroy this thing and at the end of the issue, all the fucking X-Men die. So when you come back to issue two, this is how like the five so, people. So, oh. so basically that that company was mission accomplished. What? Well, I mean, to their knowledge, they didn't know that. I mean, uh, I mean, it, it explains everything in the story. But there was just this really badass scene when they bring back Wolverine, Scott Summers, Jean Grey. <coughs> I think Nightcrawler and I forget who else. But they is all it, come back after they died. Romanian, right? Huh? He's Romanian. I think he's from he's from Bavaria, so I think he's German. Oh. Yeah. But uh there's this scene where fucking Xavier is like to me my X-Men, like because you know that that phrase to me. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, to me my brothers. Or is that from the Bible? I think it's like to me my sheep or yeah, something, something like that, my flock or something yeah, like that. My effect, flock yeah. or something like that. And I'm just like, this is this is fucking poetic. And the best part is, dude, Magneto had this fucking all white garment and he Pepe Laraz, dude, like he had him standing like a Greek, like most of the time, oh, like man. pontificating. And he he had this like because he was the ambassador of the nation of Krakoa for like the UN. And he, look, fucking regal as fuck. Damn. Total dick. Like because he's he's so sophisticated. He's like, oh, we are the mutant nation and we are superior to thee. And it, oh, man, it was so great. But that one scene with fucking. uh Xavier and and Charles standing like, I it doesn't top it, nothing tops it, dude. So yeah, Al Ewing, Joe Bennett, Immortal Hulk, uh, the miniseries Dawn of X and Powers of X. Yeah, I would recommend those for sure. Do you have any? Obviously, you like okay for for me and I don't know maybe even this is for Frank too, but like I, I don't really go super deep on the artists. Mm. Maybe the writers, I'll kind of know some of them. Yeah, but. I more follow characters and or storylines specifically, right? Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily I follow of, writers. I know a little bit about artists and stuff like yeah. that, but not to that to Adam. Yeah, not to, I, I know for sure Adam has the highest knowledge of well, artists and it's the opposite when it comes to like to mangas. Right. Yeah. It's just one guy. Well, it's but a team, doing a lot the, of it. But it's all it's a team, it's a small team, but it's all usually accredited to one guy. To one guy, yeah. That's yeah. who gets the credit. Whereas in comic books, it's a lot. It's, it's, it's that a, one guy because that one guy is the art, he's the main artist. Yeah. He's the writer. And he's the boss. So it's like, uh, there's a term we use. Um, some people use mangako. Some use people use uh, uh, dictators. Yeah. Wait, wait. What? What's the title you're given if you're the creator and the artist? No, but like people here in America. Oh no, no. But what? What did you use? Mangaku, mangaku, or mangako? Okay, because that's kind of funny. Because you know how like in Italian society, like pizza is like a very serious job. Yeah, you're called a pizza iola. <laughs> yeah like there's a title like it's it's a very prestigious title to, to be the guy that. in yeah. charge of pizza like, yeah. fuck <laughs> so like, i'm so far i'm still trying to find a place that makes uh what's that type of pizza 
Not the margarita ones. I don't like tomato based. The tomato top as a topping. Mm-hmm. Uh, Neapolitan. Where's the sauce and globules of cheese mm-hmm. and some bay leaves. Not bay leaves. Um, spinach, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But yeah. So do you have any Can, artists? What? Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, uh, there's a, because Adam was talking about that. It reminded me of this is the whole, one of my favorite moments that always stands with me from comic books. Yeah. Because Batman, yeah, is one of my favorite, if not the favorite. But coming to close second is Red Hood. Uh-huh. I just love the whole concept of Red Hood. Um, especially with the whole Jason Todd and all that shit. And I love the fact that he, like, with the New 52, they were trying to treat him as the, the, what's, uh, what's that term? When the, the sun comes back. The prodigal son. The prodigal son. There you go. Uh. And they're treating him as the guy who's trying to slowly work his way back in and like um, back into the fold. But he still has his pride. So he can't say, I want to come back. But, you know, so he's like, I'll help you here. I'm going to start following your creed a little bit as much as I can. Yeah. I'm still me. I'm going to do things my way. And um, the two moments always stand up to me is the when he's fighting that. In China, he's like, uh, there's this big fat lady that uh, was like the the Don, the mafia leader's uh, daughter. Yeah. And he fucks her up and he just fucking lights her up. And right before the Court of Owls, they needed a reason to bring him back to Gotham. Yeah. And there apparently there is no place in the world better to treat gunshot wounds than Gotham City. <laughs> they got a lot of practice. So the lady got sent there to get treated. Uh-huh. And she ends up taking the whole hospital over with her gang. She's going to threaten to kill people if Jason Todd doesn't show up. Yeah. And so he shows up and he t- tackles her and takes her down. And he points a gun to her. And he basically has that whole like jewel speech from... Um, um, Pulp Fiction uh-huh. where he's talking to the guy who's robbing him like hey man normally I put a cap in your ass right now but I'm in a crosswords of life yeah and he basically Red Hood's telling her the same thing saying look this is where we are I fucked up I fucked you over you existed so I had to fuck you over <laughs> <It's> like basically <laughs> yeah. like let's just go our separate ways and never fuck with each other again and she's like no I will never stop. I will hunt you down. I will never stop until you are dead. He's like, and I respect that. <laughs> he just puts it in her head. <laughs> like, fuck, that was fucking cool. Yeah, that is pretty cool. And then the Court of Owls happened. Uh-huh. And so Red Hood's comic is, because, you know, the one of the best scenes in fucking the, the comic book is when Alfred goes to the computer and puts out the call to the Bat family hmm. that we need help. So he picks it up and he starts. I think he was finding like two or three talents or something like that. Uh-huh. And they can't die. So he captures them and he drops them off to Batgirl at the where the signal's at. And Batgirl's uh-huh. like, You piece of shit, murdering mother. Like she's like trying to start shit with him. He's like, Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, here, here they are. So um, I'm going to go now, whatever. He goes, I swear to God, I will find you and I will bring you in. And he jumps off the ledge. And as he's jumping off the ledge, better bats than you have tried. <laughs> <laughs> and he just disappears. Damn. Like, oh, it just those two moments are like are always like when I always think about moments that stick with me from comic books. Yeah, yeah. Good. For him, those are my two moments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So 
anyways, back to the thing I was going to ask Adam real quick. So do you have any favorite artists, writers? I mean, I'm sure you do, but break down for me, obviously who they are and then what it is that you enjoyed the most or, or really got you to be a fan of the artist or the writer. Uh, I'm going to be kind of a normie and say, I hate that term. Like <laughs> just because it's something everybody likes doesn't mean it's bad. Yeah. I mean, shit. It's like me. I love my hero academia, but everybody's like, Oh, that's the normie thing to say. Like, normie it's, anime. I like demon slayer. Oh, that's I'm sorry that I don't know about this upcoming artist from the, um, Hokkaido prefecture that knows. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. People in the comic world are very snobby, though, aren't they? I, like, they, they are. Dude. They're super snobby. Yeah. It's the same shit as anime or I, manga. Like, I it's, think, yeah, dude. I mean, because there's this one guy I used to hang out in the store with, and sometimes we would judge people on what they would buy. We wouldn't tell it to their face. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah. They're like, man, you see that motherfucker buy whatever book. And oh, yeah. Do you still talk to that guy? I haven't talked to him in a minute. Oh, man. I was going to say, that might be an interesting guy to have on here to talk about comics. But yeah. I, I just, I don't know why, when you talked about you and him, like, just judging people on their comics things, I just, oh, man, somebody should tell me he's a piece of shit for buying that. <laughs> I imagine that to you guys. And then I just imagine that scene from Family Guy when, because, you know, the running joke with Stewie is that sometimes the family understands him and sometimes they don't. Yeah, yeah. changes. And, like, they're eating, he's like, God, somebody should just tell Lois that, she needs to, that she's eating too fast or something. And Chris... Mom, you're eating too fat, like whatever. He goes, what, what, what was it? You weren't supposed to say that? He goes, goes, oh, look, now she's crying. Stop crying, you fat bitch. Goes, I just imagine like you guys be like, yeah, that guy's a piece of shit by that comic. Hey, you're a piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, and also, there was people, I mean, shit, that, we could save that for later. But uh, well, we do that in episode two about the comic book stores. We, yeah. you know, that's that's yeah, a good story man. for that. Hey, do you like um? Do you prefer single issue com- collecting each single issue, or do you prefer waiting for the omnibus to come out? Oh man, shit! I mean, for the convenience, I would love to buy omnibuses, but uh, depends on like the series and how infatuated um, I am with like, it. Like for me, like Blackest Night is one of my favorite reads. Mm. I wasn't gonna. Sp- was it like it's like twenty comic issue or whatever? It was. I think it was it eight or nine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was easy. It was better for me to just buy the omnibus, which was like twenty bucks, as opposed to two hundred and fifty for the all every single fucking issue. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like if I was there when it was coming out issue by issue, it's like me reading the the going through the illegal sites just to be able to watch to read the mangas. Yeah. Dude, there's one, there's one fucking omnibus, uh, future Fo- or not future foundation. Well, actually, I, d- I think it does include that. Jonathan Hickman's run on Fantastic Four, which was back in, like, I forget what. Uh, I think it was, like, the early early 2000s. I can't yeah. tell you what exact year. Jonathan Hickman's fucking X-Men entire run, the Omnibus, like, mm-hmm. Omnibus Omnibus number one and number two, it is super expensive. Like, you can't even get that anymore. Right. Because it's, it's just not, I don't think it's printed anymore, but... That is like people buy single issues, right? For specific character appearances or cameos and shit. Yeah. That whole fucking run is like if you buy the Omni Omnibus, like it's 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 off the chain. It's a banger all the way around. It's it's a banger all the way around, but it's just it's not printed anymore, which makes <coughs> it super rare. Oh yeah. And okay. also it's expensive because yeah. like, there's not many there's not many that exist. 
But to answer your question, because you were asking about writers. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. The original artists. question. We go on a tangent, but, you know, yeah. back to so, the original. Yeah, question. Uh, Frank's like, oh, I have another tangent to go on. <laughs> what do you no, got? I was, no, I was joking. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think I was very much. Uh, I mean, you, you go with like the staples, I guess. You go with like Alan Moore and Grant Morrison. Uh, who respective each respectively wrote really cool stuff like um for for I mean, huh? I mean for Grant Morrison didn't he basically write this um what's considered to be the best origin story for Joker in the sense of um the Killing Joke the Killing Joke I think I think that was Alan Moore I mean Alan Moore sorry yeah Alan Moore Grant it, Morrison did the um the Death of Robin right um shit I. I forgot when he hopped on. I think it was like the he was well was he, after that. He did V for Vendetta, right? Grant Morrison. No, he did. He did. Uh, that was Alan, Alan, Moore? Alan Moore. Yeah. I don't think which one was going Grant Morrison that I really liked. I'd have to look up. Um, no, was it um, the Watchmen? What that Grant Morrison did? Alan, Alan Moore, Moore again? Yeah. <laughs> All yeah. Alan Moore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so is what I know. Yeah. So. Alan Moore, obviously, because he kind of changed comics forever with Watchmen and V for Vendetta. Yeah. But the, the aspect of uh, deconstruction of superheroes that they could be pieces of shit, too. Obviously, he made the comedian uh, a superhero or, you know, he took old characters from this thing called Charlatan Comics mm-hmm. and then brought them in and wow. reimagined them. Yeah, reimagine them in some other way so that they were interesting. Because I mean, if if they were just taken at face value, these superficial superhero characters, superhero, fuck was that? I don't know. Where's the cat at? I can't see right now. <laughs> what happened? I ate hot sauce earlier and I didn't wash my hands. You just rubbed your. <laughs> I, just rubbed his I just did it again. <laughs> Uh, that's right here. Oh, she's right there asleep. Yeah. It sounds like someone's scratching at the door. You probably have an animal on your walls again. Uh, yeah, so Alan Moore, because uh, he brought like this whole different... It wasn't just good guys fighting bad guys. It was... It was more fucking gray than that, right? It wasn't yeah, black it was, and white. It was, t- it was fucking taking Osmandius. It's like, is he right for saving the world by holding it hostage with an alien threat. It, do the ends justify the means? And then the way he brought, like he broke down each character, like fucking Rorschach being a racist and, you know, an uh, <laughs> extreme conservative. Yeah. Um, Dr. Manhattan's like super negligence and indifference to the world, which he and was part of because he was human. Well, don't forget his super big blue dick. Super big <laughs> Um, I mean, that was a key portion of the story, that big, giant, blue dick. Yeah, you ever see the episode of Robot Chicken where they're making fun of it? When he comes in and he kills all the bad guys, like, well, you are all safe. Like, it's, it's censored. Because <laughs> you are all safe. And he grabs a person. And, like, he's, his dick is, like, right next to the person. And he goes, you are safe. Uh, he goes, oh, thank you. And he, like, he, keeps, like, he just keeps pushing his head, like, next to his thigh. Like, yeah. I don't want to see your dick, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh... And then in V for Vendetta, because uh, I actually I didn't read that until like way late, 
way later my I cousin fucking, the comic book is way fucking different than the movie it's badass like yeah the, the, the comic is fucking sick it, it, there is a great scene i'm probably spoiling it but it's been out for fucking years, yeah fuck so. you if you again, haven't read it a, just fucking again, you know this isn't a review thing this is just yeah. us talking about shit there's a scene where uh v is talking to evie and he says uh it's time for a new v it, or it, it, it paraphrase he says something along the lines of uh i was the v for this world like yeah he, he was like the destruction of the establishment which was the uk government right yeah like i needed to exist in this world the V that comes afterwards needs to be the creator. So like the imagery that was presented was like this V, right? Right. And then it was inverted. So it, it was, there, it was, there was cool. so much like crazy shit in the comic book. And you're just like, fuck, how can this be just a comic book? I mean, that's when the term like graphic novel was taken seriously. Oh it wasn't yeah, just, true. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's not, cause when you, when you think comic, kind of, you think kind of like, can't be superhero kid stuff. Well, that was the Silver Age, though. That's what I'm saying. When you think comic book, that's what you think. You think that, like you said, the Silver Age of comic, where it's it's just kind of campy, it's colorful, it's whatever. But graphic novel really fucking brings out the Sil- darkness, the adult. Silver Age Superman was. I need a new power to beat this guy, so I'm gonna have it. The uh, and and that was what was cool about Grant Morrison was that when he hopped on, uh, for his run on Batman. Um, there was a point where Batman created. He was, the, a, he was the one that did it for the New Fifty Two, right? Huh? Was he the one that did it for the New Fifty Two, or was that someone else? No, nah, somebody. That was Scott Snyder. Scott Snyder. That's yeah. What I was yeah. So Grant Morrison, uh, what he did with Batman was like, all right, if something happens to me, I need a backup like personality. So yeah, he he, he recycled an old Batman idea, which was Batman of Zer and Ah, Zer and R, and it's the one with the yellow. Uh, he's got a purple cowl, red, a red bodysuit. Uh-huh. Like, cause you know it's it's the undies. And yeah, like yeah. Bodysuit. Like his legs were yellow, I think, or some. Sh- no, his arms were yellow. Yeah. Super weird, obscure version of Batman mm-hmm. that became part of his story. Where like the backup version of Batman's personality, if something went awry, like this is Batman at fucking boot mode. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh. Yeah, so that it's that like was the recovery it, disc Batman. Yeah, so he, like Grant Morrison has a knack for taking obscure things and then bringing yeah. them into the into the fold and just going balls to the wall crazy. Uh, and that's why I, I liked about his Batman run. Um, and his version of Joker was really badass too. Uh, so I mean, aside from those, because everybody knows like why they're great, I'm not going to go into too uh-huh. much of why, uh, other than what I've already said. Jeff Johns. Jeff Johns revived uh, Hal Jordan, Green Lantern, because uh, after the Parallax thing, yeah, he fucking died or whatever. He'd been away for a hot minute. So when Green Lantern came back, he was a specter and all this shit. But that that's not the main thing I wanted to get at was the, the thing that I ended up loving about his run was the, the very end of the series. It was like Green Lantern number 50 of the new 52 because it had regular... It had the regular number before the new 52, like the issues. But yeah, yeah. anyways, fucking I could talk about the numbers for fucking ages. But uh, at the end of Jeff John's run, which was pretty much like the end of the new 52. Mm-hmm. So 
if you're a Green Lantern fan, you understand that Sinestro is like his all-time fucking enemy, right? Nemesis, yeah. So it literally takes the effort of all the Green Lanterns, all the cores to fucking defeat this one enemy, right? And it even took Sinestro to become one with the avatar of the fear, the fear-based lantern. Yeah. Core, yellow lantern. Yellow one, yeah. He took on the parallax thing. And at the end of it, at the end of it, Hal Jordan asked him, like, hey, you know, we just went through all this shit. And uh, I know you were my teacher, like, when we were younger and you were showing me the ropes and shit. He's like, were we friends? Like, <laughs> And then Sinestro tells him, he's like, you know what? That's the tragedy of all this, Hal Jordan. Like, for all the battles that we've had and everything, we've always been friends. We've just been at each other's throats because we have an ideological difference. difference. Yeah. But he's like, yeah, we're friends. And then he flies away. So, like, that, that to me could have been the end of anything Green Lantern. There's nothing that could top that moment. Mm -hmm. And eventually the book came back and somebody else ended up taking over I yeah think it was like somebody uh, i think it was like rob robert vendetti or something mm. and the book was like never the fucking same so definitive run jeff johns green lantern doesn't fuck uh can't top that and as far as like artists go contemporary artists man i like stylish shit i like things that kind of look realistic like i i mean how, how fucking deep are we in this an hour but whatever keep going i haven't even <laughs> said my shit yet so yeah, keep don't going worry, don't worry about time dude. yeah give uh, a fuck we 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 met we met the minimum dude, so we're yeah, good. good i'm not on call we don't work tomorrow yeah yeah, yeah fucking let's just go yeah scott snyder i mean uh the dude is very verbose when it comes to exposition that's yeah. his one flaw but <clears throat> and also his landings on the endings they kind of suck but conceptually, when he makes fucking original characters, I mean, I guess I can't say about Court, that. Court of Owls, man. Yeah, Court of Owls is like, fuck, fucking man. amazing. And then there was this one character towards the end when fucking Jim Gordon eventually becomes the Batman. Uh, really weird fucking character. Looks like Slenderman's Mr. Bloom. Uh, weird character with seeds and some bullshit. <laughs> but, but like when Scott Snyder makes original shit, it's great. And then when he started with Batman, I mean, his one of his first things he did was Detective Comics. And it was when Dick Grayson was Batman. And there was a story because I, I think they were trying to, in my opinion, I guess, like, since they had a new Batman, Dick Grayson. Yeah. All right, let's make a new enemy. And it was Jim Gordon's son. I forgot what his name was. So, like, the whole story is like a whole detective story and all that shit. And... uh the whole time, you're not really sure if Jim Gordon's son is psychotic or not, because mm -hmm. eventually, like, there's a scene where I think Jim Gordon and his son, who has been a character that, like, had been lost at time, I guess, mm -hmm. but was brought back into the fold, where he sits down with your son. He's like, hey, are you OK? He's like, yeah. He's like, what's that? Uh, what's that red stuff on your jacket? <laughs> it's ketchup. <laughs> And then it cut the, the the next panel is like a foot sticking out of a door in like a dead woman. Oh, shit. so like he was joking, but he was like, no, I actually killed you. Like yeah. He, under his breath, he was like, I, I killed somebody. Uh, <laughs> so then you get to see how sick that person like Jim Gordon's son was because there was another thing where he was torturing somebody where he had a matchbox um, like on both ends. He put razor blades so when, oh. he, when he was torturing somebody, he he ran the blades across their skin so that when the when the, the person eventually made it to the doctors, 
when they sewed it, like the thing could never technically be shut because it was pulling. Oh, on, everything on, was pulling on everything. Yeah. Oh, that's fucked up. Yeah, man. dude, he was really sick and he, he was just really creepy and subtle. Kind of those, huh? those tri daggers from World War One. Oh yeah. So yeah, I just really enjoyed what he did with that character because it wasn't somebody in a fucking cowl. It wasn't, it was just a regular human being that was really sick. Yeah. Um, and that was like, what? Listen, those are always the best villains. It's just regular people. Yeah. So that was like a real highlight of Scott Snyder's career. But in terms of artists, man, there's so many fucking good ones. I mean, uh, more recently, Chip Zdarsky's Daredevil run. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many issues uh, Marco Cicchetto was on that fucking shit. Marco Cicchetto, the way he drew Electra, But every character looked amazing in that book, like, to begin with. But his Electra, super awesome. Ivan Reese, who did a lot of uh, Jeff Johns' run on Green Lantern, who also in turn did a lot of the art for uh, Aquaman, uh greg capullo who kind of looks like seth mcfarlane like yeah stylistically because there was a point i think i was about to mention him too because uh you know kevin smith's podcast Mm, yeah he had him on there and uh do you remember that show he used to have for the comic book store for his comic book store oh Um, yeah it was like a tv yeah like they're like pawn stars but for like but they did it for comics yeah Yeah. i i know what you're talking about i forgot what it's called at the end of every episode he always had like clips from his comic from his uh, podcast Uh, he had them on there he goes oh yeah and like he was talking about um his style of drawing batman he goes oh yeah my style is this this but my big key thing is traps or was this traps what's it called yeah the traps yeah traps yeah traps the way i draw his traps is like he goes and if anybody's out out there tries to draw him like that i will fucking kill you (laughs) yeah (laughs) uh as far as uh, like perfect teams, yeah, Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo, that was like a match made in heaven. Yeah, uh, they, they did the New Fifty Two, right? Yeah, that was yeah the New yeah. Fifty Two Batman. Um, Pepe Larraz, dude, like the way he draws women, uh, with like this beautiful flowing hair, and I I don't know, man. There's something about Pepe Larraz, like, because uh, he did like the X Men books, and he did. I think he did like the X-Men 92 series, which was like the series that he did before the X-Men hmm. books. Uh, and then there's all like the classics. Every, everybody remembers like the staples, like Jim Lee, uh, <laughs> the meme one, Rob Liefeld, because everybody knows him for Deadpool. He doesn't fail to make that known to people. All the fucking memes that come from comic books, <laughs> man. I mean, look, remember that big one when we first started hanging out? The big one was the, you will do this. Because I am the goddamn Batman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of other artists. I, oh, there was this guy that he he did the series called All New X-Men, which was like the old X-Men displaced in time. They were in contemporary times. Okay. Modern times. I didn't. That book was like whatever. But the guy's art, Stuart Eminem, was fucking great. And. I forgot what other books he did. I, I think he did Spider-Man as well. But um, yeah, there's just uh, there's just a number of artists I could probably like list off. But yeah, I those are the ones that I think of. Ivan Reese, Pepe Larraz, Marco Cicchetto, yeah. uh, Al Ewing for Immortal Hulk. That was like a perfect team. Joe Bennett. Uh, well, I, sorry, Joe Bennett was the artist and, and Al Ewing was the writer. But that's like a perfect team right there. Wasn't it uh, also like 
there's the artists, but there's also the shaders, the liners. Oh yeah, the pen, the the uh, inkers and all. I don't keep I'm, I'm no disrespect yeah, it's, to it's that. Hard, it's, it's hard. That's it, yeah. It's already hard enough to keep track. And there's colors too. I mean, there's I've kept. I have a few of those names in my mind, but I can't think of that many, so I don't want to discredit like everybody else yeah, that yeah. does the art form. But yeah, if I can ask you a question, like, um, so in America, comic books are fully illustrated in the sense of color, you know, all that. Where in Japan, mangas are black and white. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you you probably haven't read as much mangas, or I read one, but that was like way back when. But like. I, that's why I keep asking. Uh, that's why I keep uh, suggesting Berserk to you, so you can see because it's a beautifully drawn manga. But yeah, at the end of the day, it's still black and white. It don't bother me none. But my whole thing is like, do you think it's better to keep it black and white in the sense of Japanese style because they can produce them faster, uh, or is it better to have the to wait a month and have the colored version because it looks better, or do you? Because personally, I think the black and white. Sh- because I've been reading it for a lot. I like the black and white style. Yeah. But there's always like, oh, it's our 20 year, like Bernardo, it's our 20 year anniversary. Here's the first issue fully colorized. Like they'll do like, or like, you know how like sometimes I have a full page illustration and it's colored. Yeah. So you think like, do you feel like that makes it more special because it's being colorized? Or do you think just keeping the whole thing colorized would be better? I don't know. Because... You you talking about like manga? You remember art cer- style? Yeah, I mean, you remember certain moments. You remember certain moments in your head as like black and white, right? And then, and then down the road, you're like, oh, I think it'd be kind of cool to see it, it when you see the eventual like uh, <laughs> realization of the manga itself on television or yes, whatever. Anime, it's like, right? oh, I wonder what it would look like, and it's cool to see that. But you remember it as this, like, so. I don't think it, I don't know if it ultimately matters. It's, I mean, sure. It's cool to see things in color, but if you knew Berserker as the thing it was in black and white, mm-hmm. and that's, and that in it of itself is like an art form to do black and white and to explain a story within images with just black and white. That's fucking crazy. It's it's almost like you're handicapping yourself. Well, you're like tying your hand behind. Yeah. Your back kind of. And, and, because you, make, you have to make it work, and yeah, well, there's, there, a, there, there's, there's a yeah, there's a funny story with Akira Toriyama, who does Dragon Ball Z. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the movie? There was a movie that came out, Lord Slug. Mm-hmm. Um, in Japan, it was called Super Saiyan Goku. Because in Japan, the titles are just straightforward, mm-hmm. and um, so and if you watch the Lord Slug movie, Goku's Super Saiyan form looks fucking weird. It's reddish. Kind of looks like the Kaioken and shit. Mm. Because the manga hadn't got to the Super Saiyan part yet. So it was kind of like weird that they did it in the movie before the manga even got to it. And so the conception wasn't fully realized yet. And so when it came time to do it, he was trying to figure out the thing. And then the uh, his artist came up to him and says, can please... Like, I, it was his idea to make it blonde. And the only reason was because then he won't have to color Goku's hair in. Because mm. Goku's hair is black. And it's a black and white manga, so every issue they had to color in his hair all the way. Yeah. So the only reason Goku's hair is blonde is because it's white on black and white. And then all they had to do was outline it. 
I mean, that makes sense. So, but I, sense. I do think that the it, they are kind of almost two separate art forms because yeah, I mean, I, that's what I said. Like, yeah. Japan considers them two separate things, right? And and so I think that when you look at like comics, I do think that yeah, with manga, you are kind of handicapping yourself because there are some things you can convey without any. You can just put an image and you can convey things without any speaking bubbles, without any whatever in color that maybe you might not be able to get if you did it just in black and white. But then um, maybe that's, that wouldn't. I feel at like the same that, time that's maybe that's why Japan's able to produce richer stories because their storylines have to be more. Well, yeah, it's the ECW thing. It's like, yeah, you don't have color, so you got to hide the positive and accentuate or hide the negative, accentuate the positive. So it's like, well, we don't have. We're not coloring these things, so we have to have a more compelling story. Mm-hmm. We have to have the art that's black and white. It has to look real crisp. It has to be really good. We can't afford to fuck anything up because then this is all. This is it. This is all we got. It's so just, it reminds me of um, Demon Slayer number nineteen. Because uh, you have, you have, uh, I don't know how to pronounce their, their company's name. Uh, well, it's funny. Adam can name up artists and shit like that, and I can name off production companies and shit like that for manga animes. Yeah. Uh, but I can't remember this guy's name. Um, UFO table mm-hmm. is the cool, the accepted term right now. Yeah, I don't know what the actual name of the company is. UFO table. Yeah, it's what a uh, sweet name. <laughs> and um, so nineteen was the episode where Tanjo was able to switch from water breathing to flame breathing. Sun, it was sun breathing, but at the time they didn't. We didn't know that. Uh-huh. And it is probably one of the most beautiful fucking things. One of the most beautifully animated things I've ever seen in my fucking life. Even so, to the point where the guy who drew it made a whole thing saying that it brought him to tears to see his work come to life in a way he couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he couldn't com- he couldn't convey that in the manga panel. Well, the best way, I can't even describe it, dude. The best way to describe the way the breathing styles are shown in Demon Slayer. Because you know how there's extra animation when it comes to the intro. Mm-hmm. The guy said it best. This guy saw said it best. It's like, it's like someone decided, no, let's just keep that budget going, and just animate this shit. Because the the breathing style animation is on another tier from the normal show's animation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll show you guys the video later t- later on after this. But so the, I guess let's say we'll Adam going to Adam's thing saying like, us waiting to see it come to life. In the sense that we're used to it in black and white, mm-hmm. and then seeing it in full color made that scene a hundred times fucking better. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So, like I was saying, there's some shit you can't do in black and white that you, you just can't convey. Mm-hmm. You just can't convey something. So, I I don't know. I, I like, I mean, listen, I read mangas too, so I like manga, but I don't know, man. I prefer shit in color. I, maybe I'm just a snob or maybe I'm just a, a, a normie, I guess, or whatever you want to call it. But uh, it makes sense. I just prefer shit in color, man. I prefer everything to be perfectly. Visual, you're you're you prefer things to be perfectly visual, as opposed to uh, me, who I just prefer story driven shit. So in the sense, like you love Berserk, but you refuse <clears throat> to watch the new series because of the well, I hate that animation style. That's yeah, that's saying, that's a different. Yeah, that's I'm just saying that's your that's your snobbery right there. But right, yeah, yeah. It's but at the same time, it's still the same great story. Yeah. So I'm fine with it. Oh yeah, but. You just can't take. You can't watch me because of the animation only. Yeah, I don't like the animation style. It fucking uh, bothers me. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> shit, dude. I mean, not to make this into a whole 
anime manga thing. Yeah. You can listen to fucking the anime. Oh, yeah. The anime syndicate podcast. Uh, yeah, we, we should, we should do, you should do some we should fuck, do a thing on this. Yeah. Oh, fuck, man. I mean, I'm not even really into the idea of pirates or anything, but when One Piece came out, yeah. I saw the art for the, I mean, the, the intro for the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this is this fucking awful. I don't like the way the characters, everybody's yeah, fucking that was, bug eyed. That was late 90s animation. Yeah. You should see how it looks. Now, it actually looks pretty. Uh, look at the shit for like the gold movie and the red film. That shit looks fucking beautiful. Yeah, I, I'm not. I mean, that, I'm basing. Yeah, my, my opinion is based on a thing the of old the past. Shit, yeah. yeah, so I'm I'm being I'm to- being totally ignorant. But all- like you should look up. Um, uh, if you want to look it up, Hunter Hunter, because it's come through three iterations. Mm-hmm. It's been remade three fuck at least three fucking times. Mm-hmm. If you look at the animation from the '90s, the one to to well, what the, the 2000s, 2011. This thing was the last one. Uh-huh. It looks. I was like, it almost feel like a different show because of how different the animation style was. Yeah. And you know, I don't know if that actually. I don't know if that works in like comics too because it's this. It's the same guys and the stories maybe don't last. They're they're yeah. It's well, maybe different what, artists. It's one different. Of my, one of my questions was to be like, what's your favorite version of Batman's artist style? Uh, but uh, but before we go into that, that was I was going to say because it's Batman. It's still Bruce Wayne. But because of different artists are able to take, you know, yeah, their style to him, like, so you, I don't know what my point is. <laughs> well, I think maybe your point you're trying to say because I kind of feel this way too is is yeah, you just, the character is the same guy, uh-huh. but everybody's art styles different. Like, like no, no, I, no two artists are going to draw like, him exactly the same. It's just not going to happen. Like the Batman artist <clears throat> after the new Fifty Two, or I don't know if it was actually the Fifty Two, the one where they drew Batman logo with the yellow outline. Because mm-hmm. it was after the new 52. I hated the suit, but that yellow outline, I fucking loved it. It, it made his suit pop. Aesthetic. Yeah. I thought it was, that <laughs> shit was like, I loved Red Hood's, um, um, I loved his bat symbol because it was basic. Mm-hmm. It was just red and you just little details to make out the wings and shit like that and the mm-hmm. horns and stuff. Yeah. I liked it because it was basic, but I love that fucking, that pop of that yellow was on that gray was fucking sick to me. But the rest of the suit I didn't like. Hmm. I gotta throw three more names out there. Yeah, do it. Gary Frank, Frank Quietly, and uh, I'm not quiet. <laughs> Frank Quietly, uh, quite quietly. Yeah, I think that's how Frank you Quietly it. is quite frankly great. Yeah. Uh, shit, I forget. There's one other name I was forgetting, but those are also great artists. And yeah, dude, for all the shit that people say. That you can't judge a book by its cover. Fuck, man. <laughs> comic <laughs> books, the whole point. Comic cover. books, that's, comic books. You could totally yep. judge, because yeah. you are deceived by cup com, uh, comic covers. Where I you're hate, being, I hate that phrase. Sorry, go to me. Yeah, you get sold on this really great art. Oh my god, look at this comic book. It's got this writer and it's this person, and all you're really being sold is like the the cover artist, the 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 one you really liked. Is not even the interior person. True, yeah. So you're like, motherfucker. And they do that too. They'll <laughs> they'll swindle you where they tell you, okay, this person is gonna be the cover artist is also the interior artist as well. And it's for four issues. And then they swap somebody out. So like they think they can dupe you, but when you when you see the change, it's like fuck it's like, all oh, that. This man, person you can tell. Ass, yeah. You're like, yeah, you can there's, tell all there's oh, a lot of times where the cover art of the comic book is worth the price of the mission. Yeah, it is. I mean, yeah. shit. It's sometimes it's even worth just collecting something. Just cover, just for the cover. Yeah. Anyways, um, let's go on uh, back to that thing. You know, the whole you can't judge a book by its cover is the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard. Because 
That's literally the point of the cover. It's yeah. just fucking to draw you in. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, for a regular book, even so, what is the co- what's on the cover of the book? The name of the book. The person who wrote it. What's on the side of the book? Again, yeah. that shit. What's on the first fucking page of a book? The synopsis. Oh, like on the interior cover? Yeah. yeah. It's like, yes, you can judge a book by its cover because that's the point of a fucking cover. If it if a cover didn't need to be a cover, then it just be the pages that you bear. Yeah, it would just be blank. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Go, again, going back to Berserk though. Uh-huh. Have you seen the fucking omnibuses for those? Yeah, I have I own I own a bunch of them. Yeah, try getting the whole set now. Five, oh, like, yeah, five, I'm sure it's impossible. Well, that's another thing too with with the omnibuses, because I own a bunch of Dragon Ball Z omnibuses. I own uh what is it, Vagabond, which is uh that one's coming back, right? They're, they're, they no, no, doing it's that just, one? It's, it's, no, it's just part of the Holy Trilogy of Swords. Yeah, there you go. Okay, well, I got that it's, one. Um, Vagabond. Uh, I have the entire run of that, too. So that's like... One? Vagabond, Villain Saga, and there's another one. Vagabond's the one about uh, Miyamoto Musashi. Yeah. Vagabond's about the Viking. And there's a third one I can't remember. But whatever. Yeah, whatever. Anyways, yeah, so like, but those, with those omnibuses, um, I mean, they're like, they're fucking super hella thick. What about the, what about the other omnibuses, Josh? Which ones? The ones you have to put in, the ones you can't display. Which ones? I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, hand ties. I don't have any of those. Yes, you do. Not omnibuses. I have hentai? Not hentai, but you, you know, the etchies. The dark, the dark. Oh, like arts. High School of the Dead? <laughs> There's High School of the Dead. Well, those aren't omnibuses, by the way. Those are just actual. Those are just the, the books. Well, no, it's just the books. Omnibuses. No, they're just the books. It's just the one, like, because it was what? I don't know. Well, like Black Lagoon was like 12 books. Yeah, yeah, but understand though, because an omnibus manga, is a like a manga release is only like twelve to fourteen pages. Yeah, yeah, but when we get it here, it's it's book. It's yeah, like but those are omni. Form. Those are omnibus. Yeah, I don't know. I think the omnibuses are like more than fucking like every omnibus pages. has four to five fucking at least four to five issues in it. Remember, mangas are released on a weekly basis. Right. Yeah. But omnibus is usually a month. Oh, that's true because they put them out in magazines. There, that's yeah. another thing. You remember they used to have that. They used to have little comics in like magazines and shit and here. Thinking about like Archie's comics and shit like that. Yeah. Well, no, but like they'd put them in the back yeah. of like other magazines, like or whatever. No, that's like the newspaper, right? <laughs> Man, remember that? Remember the remember the the uh, uh, the Amazing Spider Man in the newspaper? You could you could get it in the Sunday comics. Boondocks are in the fucking newspaper. Oh yeah, Boondocks. that's true. Uh, Yeah, uh, but well, anyways, with now, now that we've probably talked enough, what are you uh, first experiences with comic books? Oh yeah, shit. For me, favorite stuff. So I, my first experiences were definitely like like Frank had said about Ninja Turtles. Man, my first comic books that I ever had were fucking like Ninja Turtle comic books, and it was because I loved the they were. I had them after the fact, so it wasn't. I didn't have I didn't have them as a first purchase, and obviously I was like five, so I'm an idiot. So. I don't have any of the shit that I had when I was a kid. I have none of it. My entire collection now, I literally purchased probably since, again, we started hanging out with you and going to the comic book store. That was that was when I started purchasing stuff again. And so a, a, a portion of my collection is shit that I owned when I was a kid that I repurchased. Like a one that was a big one was the G.I. Joe versus Transformers. Like that one was in, I think the original one of it was like in the 90s, like in the mid to late 90s. And man, I love that shit because I when I was a kid, I loved G.I. Joe and I love fucking Transformers. And I'm like, holy shit, there's this fucking there's this this drawing, this drawing story of them. And honestly, I think comic books really helped me fucking learn how to read like or help me become a better reader, I think. Oh, yeah. Uh, and that's one of the things I think people overlook with comics is, is OK. Yeah, 
it's artwork, but I mean, you do still have to read. There are there you're not going to get everything if you don't know how to read. So for kids, I always encourage comics. You know, maybe not so much graphic novels, quote unquote, because those are a little more adult when you think about it. But yeah, um, yeah. So so for me, it was definitely the Ninja Turtles ones and the GI Joe Transformers, and just there was Transformer stuff in general. And wait, what else was there? So yeah, I was probably like in, you know five six when I first started reading them, and then. It wasn't until, like Frank said, 2010 or 20, whenever the hell we was, 2009, when we started hanging out, that's when I started collecting them again and buying them for, obviously because of the stories and the art, but also as just kind of a collectible because I'm a hoarder. So, you know, all the shit that I have, you when the new 52 came out, yeah, that was, I was, I was all over that shit because I was like, oh yeah, let me get these. So again, like I had said earlier, man, oh, Savage Hawkman, fuck that's, what the fuck would I buy that? <laughs> They're, that's never going to be anything, but it was number one. And guess what? I got it. And not only did I buy the number ones, I bought like one through five as they were coming out too. So same thing with, I mean, mm. Detective Comics, obviously when that was a number one, all the new Batmans that they had made the number ones. Um, just cause I mean, I, I am a, I am a fucking big fan of Batman, but I am also a fucking huge Captain America, Mark. I don't know why that was when I was a kid. Captain America was the one that was, generally available probably because maybe nobody's buying it i don't know one of my least but yeah frank hates him i don't know how you feel about him but i i enjoy captain america i enjoyed the best thing the one of the best fucking series that in my mind was the marvel the civil war the original first run of it it was man it was just so good it was just so good with the guy who captain america is literally Everybody says, oh, what do you mean a Captain America? Fucking whatever. Oh, man, Captain Savo, that's Captain America, all right? And then he becomes essentially a bad guy, for lack of a better term, or you see a different side of him because he's on the other he's on the other end of it with, oh, I don't think fucking superheroes should have to be held to a different whatever. And, you know, it, it was just so good, man. And then everybody hates the Punisher, which is the, funny. Like, <laughs> what? He was the one that, he, the whole thing was so worse, he was against... Superhero registration and yeah. and the government regulating superheroes. That was the whole reason yeah. why he he fought against it. So, but it's funny that you know he's like supposed to be the guy, and then he leads this underground fucking superhero force to continue being unregistered superheroes. Yeah, because it's I think it was supposed to be as much of like comic books is if you read into it too. Yeah, is that it's not just get bad guys versus good guys. Right. I mean, collateral this, damage. Civil War was about like the free the the Patriot Act, I think. Oh yeah, basically that's what they were getting at. Or yeah. like the Freedom of Information Act, right? Uh, that the, all these heroes were supposed to, and villains, I think, were supposed to be registered uh, as such with their identities exposed, and then that would in turn create problems for everybody because then villains could go after people and right. fuck up their you know a superhero's family. Uh, as a as a consequence of having this information available, yeah, Tony Stark, uh, being the dickhead that he was in that comic book, like, <laughs> yeah, was the was like the head of Shield, I think, and yeah, he he basically did like a witch hunt on everybody that didn't want to be down. With, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think it was like right after the scroll invasion. This this whole thing I think happened after the scroll yeah, yeah. invasion because that was the whole reason that they did it was because they didn't know who was who. Who was real? Or right, real. yeah. And then once they eventually got rid of the scrolls, then 
the government intervention became, oh, yeah. this is why we have to keep this. It's like it's like the 9-11 thing. Like you said, yeah. it's it's like the Patriot Act. Oh, well, once we once we got the thing handled and the Patriot, everything's good, we should just <laughs> go away. Well, no, nah, let's actually keep this and make it more yeah. invasive, I guess. And then after that was Dark Reign, which was uh, every all the superheroes were fighting amongst each other. And then Norman Osborn becomes the head of S.H.I.E.L.D. and he becomes the Iron Patriot and all... Yeah, this is yeah. a whole fucking thing. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's that's one of my favorites. Um, I love like as far as characters go, man. I just, I, yeah, I'm I'm a mark. All right, I love the normie shit. I, I love me some Thor. Iron Man's pretty sweet. Um, you know, obviously, I, lo- I love Batman too. You know, that kind of shit. Jonah Hex is one that I never really. I just like westerns, and I don't know, man. Jonah Hex was just always spoke to me on a on a weird level because you're a Confederate. No, I'm not a Confederate. And you're just Fuck it. Face? Well, that for sure, definitely. I mean, I I can relate to that. I'm just kidding. I can relate ugly. to that. Yeah, I'm fucking ugly. Yeah, listen, I that's why we do this on a podcast. Like, you know, fucking because I'm we're, I'm too ugly. Dude, you got it. I'm literally handicapping us. Josh has a face for radio. Oh, I I don't even. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's even that's complimentary. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I just like and and the Star Wars comics are also something that kind of got me going harder into comics too because I loved and then when I was a kid too and I wish I fucking wish I would still have some of those comics from the fucking nineties when I was reading them because again I was a kid and I was dumb and you just don't know Mm -hmm. and because those would probably be worth some money. Some of them, at least, that I probably own. And, you know, you don't take care of them. You put them in the drawer. Or you put them wherever, and they fucking end up on a bookshelf, and then they get the pages get bent. You're not in books. You're reading them all the time. You also the, need to change the... Uh, the backings, too, on them. Cause, yeah, because the ass... The, I think it has, like, acetate or something. So, yeah. yellow the page. Yeah, I, yeah. Haven't, done, I haven't done that. I, I fucking yeah. fucked off on that. I haven't done that either, but I don't know. It, anyways, so, yeah, my, my whole thing... I wish I would have kept some of those, but yeah, Star Wars definitely was one that really because I loved all the expanded universe stuff and like and you kid you couldn't get it a lot of those stories you couldn't get them unless you read the comic you had to read it and we didn't have Wikipedia back then you didn't have an internet site you could go to and find out all the lore and stuff so you had to get to buy the comics so um yeah so that was that what else did I fucking ask you guys um favorite moments of comics favorite moments um man uh the thing with the with the court of owls that frank was talking about when uh i think there's a scene i don't know if they did it in the animated series or the animated version of it the movie but there's there's like a it's like a what is it it's like a, a guy was it like a God, what am i trying to say Colin? No, no, no. Yeah, it's one of those guys, but then it's Batman basically saying, like, oh, I could beat the shit out of you and not kill any of you. Oh, no, that's, that yeah, was like a funny, like, somebody made a funny joke yeah, about it or something. Like, wait, 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 wait. You're saying that no matter how hard I hit you, you won't die. No, we are talons. We are immortal. You're telling me a man who has been trained in every form of killing somebody has had to repress that fucking instinct can now let loose. Talon. I instantly regret all my choices. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. It wasn't really in the comic though, but that was just funny. Um, but then uh, I, I, I just, I don't know why. I just loved uh, in the Megatron, the All Hail Megatron series, when Megatron basically takes over the U.S. or whatever, and just convinces everybody that he's like, I don't know, God or something. And that was cool. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm like drawing a blank on stuff. stuff. 
Yeah, I mean, maybe. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. I can't really think of anything else off the top of my head right now. Um, oh, uh, what another another series that I really loved was the, I told somebody about this, the, the Cadillacs and Dinosaurs, man. Cadillacs and Dinosaurs. I, I loved that cartoon. It was only on for a short period of time, but they did make legit comics for it. And it's, they're pretty good. I own all of them. I own the whole run of the, the Cadillacs and Dinosaurs comics. I don't think they're worth anything because I think I bought them on eBay the whole fucking run twice. The guy sent me two. He must have had this guy that I bought it from must have had multiple copies because he accidentally sent me two copies of everything. And I only bought one set of the, the full run. And it, it's only like, I think it's only like six issues or whatever. And I think I paid like $15 for the fucking whole thing. Yeah. And it, it totally worth it. Cause I just, I love that shit. It's just, it's, it's one of those, uh, I don't want to say guilty pleasure. Cause that implies that it's not good. Cause I still think it's good, but man, the artwork is great. It's typical eighties, nineties, uh, you know, th- cause it's like, they're in like a Mad Max world or whatever, where they meet this lady. Who's like the, the Mad Max King of this fucking dinosaur realm or whatever the fuck they're living at. And right. it's, it's fuck. It's just so good. Um, but yeah, uh, another good moment, like I said earlier, what I thought was funny. I mean, I like the Punisher, but when basically all the in, in Civil War, when everybody's underground and they're talking, and then the Punisher comes out of the shadows, he's like, Yeah, let's kill some people. And they're like, No, you get out of here. You're a piece of shit. <laughs> like, you are a piece of shit. And he's like, But, but you're talking about how you guys want to rebel and uh, against the government and do all stuff. I'm totally down for that. No, you are a piece of shit. You get the fuck out of here and never return. And he was just kind of like, Oh, you guys are fucking assholes. That. <laughs> there's, an even, there's an even better moment than that. There's, uh-huh. I think it's, it's Captain America beating the shit out of Punisher. And he's like, why aren't you fighting back, you bastard? And he's like, I can't. He's like, why not? He's like, because you're my fucking hero. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> because, you know, being... Like, they serve the same function, right? Yeah. They were both fucking soldiers. Captain America being in World War II... And then fucking uh, Punisher being yeah. in fucking Vietnam War. And he came out worse for it. Like, yeah, he, he's fucked in the head. Oh, yeah. And Captain America being his fucking hero. And he's like, I can never raise a fist to fucking Captain America. Being the fucking killing machine that he is, couldn't even raise a fist yeah. to Captain America. And then Captain America's like, what's, get, what's, get, get out of here. He's like, get out of here. <laughs> what's that mean? Professionals have standards. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I don't know. That was, that was kind of sad because, you know, Captain America... After World War II or during World War II, got to be a hero, a fuck, oh yeah, be a superhuman, and Punisher had to suffer, basically Vietnam, yeah, yeah. and then his fucking family dies, <laughs> yeah. So he could have easily become a super villain, yeah, and he didn't. And well, I mean, that's debatable. I don't I mean, know what he is, but he's, he's an anti-hero. Yeah, he's he's the stone cold Steve Austin of fucking comics. Yeah, you know? but it's just sad because even Catherine is like. I know this guy is trying to do the right thing, but he's but not he just, doing it the way I want not, to. Yeah. But and that's what the beauty of the whole thing is. There's, there's so many different shades of gray. Nothing is black and white, mm. you know? So my whole thing with the punishment reminded me of that. I think it was Saturday night live. Uh-huh. Did a skit with the NRA. Yeah. Uh, where the, Oh, we believe that everyone should have the right to own arms, the right to bear arms and all that stuff. And then yeah. you see some black guy that was supposed to be like a black Panther. Uh-huh. That's right. I'm going to have, my fully automatic weapons. And the guys, because the two guys were like uh, rednecks or like, uh. like Texans. Uh, uh, yeah, everybody should be able to own guns. Yeah, including me. Should be walking around guarding our, our property from the government and cops. He's like, do you really want to own guns? Like, like, like they're like, out of cross, like, yeah, yeah, but 
maybe not you. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. Hypocrites. Exactly. Freedom for all or for none. So, anyways. So that's rich coming from you. What do you mean that's rich coming from me? The whole, oh, I want to be, uh, well, it's okay if Apple doesn't want to let me do things with my own property. As long as I'm happy. But if they take away my freedoms, it's okay. I didn't say that. Yeah, like the whole, the whole fucking right to repair. It doesn't matter as long as I have the money to pay okay. to repair my shit. Yeah, I do. So I don't give a fuck. Like, exactly. and, so, and I'll tell you what, it's cheaper than letting Verizon do it. Huh? It's cheaper than letting Verizon do it. You know, this is a topic for the BFN show. This, no, this I'm is, just saying, like, you don't believe in. Again, you're saying freedom for all, freedom for none, but yet you don't want people to have yeah, that freedom. When it comes to the government. Oh, but here's the thing. No one's forcing Dude, you to buy Apple, the Apple phone. Apple is like 90% the government. No one's forcing you to buy the Apple phone, Frank. You're not yet. To. Not yet. No one's forcing to. You're not yet. I'm not, not. But you guess what, Frank? You still have the choice. Just because I'm trying to coerce you into doing something doesn't mean. No, coerce. Hey, get an Apple or I'm going to fucking disown you. I mean, listen, just Super for the fact liminal. that when we get company phones, they're only going to be Apple phones. And I'm going to fuck what you guys think. That's fine. Like, right. what? I didn't say anything. But anyway, I sorry. also want to say, yeah, uh, I know this, we kind of moved on from the art topic no but, but can you keep no, going let's go there's no such thing as moving on yeah there's, no. there's a there's two artists that i forgot francis yeah. manipole man okay i know a lot of people talked to shit about the new 52 but there was a lot of great things too i mean yeah i mean there was a lot of bad things too like i vampire yeah there's there's plenty oh, of uh, i i I have, I have i have those in there i mean i zombie <laughs> i zombie became its own television show oh, and everybody true. loved yeah, yeah that's true. um but uh yeah there is this artist well, actually, I don't even. I think at one point he was writing and doing the art. But Francis Manipal on the Flash Man, oh god, that was a fucking orgasmic because the shit that he would do for uh, for the covers, in addition to um, the interior art, man, oh my god, that was like fucking amazing. Uh, Bruno Redondo, who was one of the, I think he's still the, I think he's still the, <coughs> still the artist for. The new Nightwing series that started, I think, towards the end of me collecting comic books. But I, I, I think I got up until like issue six or ten. I can't remember where I ended off. But Bruno Redondo, man, that guy is another fucking great comic book artist. And I even think he uses, um, uh, I don't. There's a name for the polka dots. Do you know what? I'm about to Google it. There's a name for the polka dots, like the old old school pattern that would be overlaid on like <clears throat> comic books. I don't know if that, if that was a consequence of it being printed that way. Polka dot. Oh, it's because, yeah. Cause it's like the, or the way that they printed it. It was the yeah. dot. Like, uh, I forgot what they're called. Shit. I don't want to try to take too much time. Oh God. It's not pixelated. Like, uh, uh, let's see. It was what are the old dots on comic called? The Bende dots. Yeah, the Bende. Comic, yeah, Bende dots. So this guy, I mean, Bruno Redondo is just fucking a great penciler. I don't remember if he inks his own stuff, but he also incorporates that the Bende dots yeah. with the art. And I don't know why it, it just makes it look cool. Uh, but those were two artists that I was thinking of. So if anybody, I haven't read the series in a long time, but if you if you were yeah to check out the nightwing series like the first 10 issues man some of the layouts super awesome uh because there's like a whole sequence where uh nightwing nightwing dick grayson yeah is going back to his apartment complex and it's nine panels or like 12 panels right 
So each one is him doing like his acrobatics to get to, because you know, like they have scaffolds on the side of a uh, oh, of a okay. building. Yeah, yeah. So he was kind of like swinging through them. So like you could see, your eyes are naturally led to him, <coughs> and the way his motion, the way he's moving, like yeah. you look up and it just looks badass. But um, yeah, Bruno Redondo is super fucking amazing as an artist. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty sweet. Are you looking it up? I was looking up those. Uh, yeah, it's the Benday dots or whatever. Benday dots. More about them, but yeah, basically it's like a consequence of color printing, uh-huh. like back in the 1800s or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, they cut. It was to cut the cost of printing. Okay. So that they they set it up. It's it's uh instead of pretty equally distant dots on a grid, and then they color it in. So it's like it's so they're not using like as much ink or whatever, basically. Yeah, they're probably using half or whatever. Oh, half oh as yeah. Much, yeah. I mean, even if it's like a third less, that's still like a great. Yeah, it's a, it's savings. A cost cost efficiency. Cost efficiency, but it made it look weird. <laughs> oh, as far as other great comic book moments. Yeah. Um, in the first issue, because Alfred's dead by this point. Mm-hmm. There was a whole thing that happened to Batman where Alfred died. Uh-huh. And uh, <laughs> Bruce Wayne <laughs> goes... I mean, he's not broke, broke, but he's not the financial powerhouse of the DC oh, universe yeah, and yeah. stuff. So, um, Batman, or rather, Alfred had accumulated quite a quite a substantial amount of wealth because of naturally working for Bruce Wayne and yeah. stuff. So he left his money to Dick Grayson, and I don't know if this is a shot at Bruce Wayne himself, uh-huh. but Alfred's like. You are the best. Ver- like what Bruce Wayne did as Batman has caused so many more problems. Yeah. And so in so many words, like me paraphrasing, right, yeah, yeah. like he's it's kind of like a snide remark, I, I guess. So he's like, he's caused more damage than all this shit. You have always been a great human being because you're kind hearted and you do the right thing. And you, you don't try to you don't resort to violence to to solve problems so i'm giving you this money because i know you're gonna do philanthropic work and you're not gonna fucking put money into being nightwing so i leave this to you you were like i don't know if he told him he was his favorite son amongst the bat family but he's like you were one of the best because you're a good kid and like i'm like (laughs) i didn't want to cry but i was like my god this is so good indeed yeah um anyways you guys got anything else for this uh, first episode of the comic, um, I'm probably uh, I don't know how if this is going to be uh, an effort from anybody else, but <laughs> for the future of the podcast itself, a couple things I'm going to be checking out. One of them are, I'm already reading, which is Ultimate Spider-Man. The Ultimate Universe is back once more. It's no longer well. Actually, I don't know what has happened in the regular universe because mm, yeah. at the end of Secret Wars, the New Earth is half. It's not half, but like it's something of a mix between Earth sixteen ten, which is the Ultimate Universe, and the the universe that we know, which is six one six. Yeah, that's what happened after Secret Wars. But now they're saying that Ultimate Universe is back. So I don't know what that means for like the Earth, the main storyline earth that we have yeah. i don't know what the fuck that means regardless ultimate spider-man peter parker's back 
He's no longer fucking dead. I don't know what the deal with that is. But uh Who are the main Spider-Man is it still Miles Morales. No, I think it's both of them. I would say say when Peter Parker was dead, who was the main one? Well, Miles Morales is now part of the main the main universe. Oh, that's what I'm saying. So he's the one that replaced the dead Peter Parker. Yes, in the old ult- ultimate universe. Mm. And I I don't know what that means. That's what I don't get. Like <laughs> what it means, yeah. Yeah, because when Secret Wars ended, Ultimate Universe was destroyed, right? So Peter Parker in that old Ultimate it's Universe dead. is fucking dead. But when when they mixed the worlds, Peter Parker original six one six Peter Parker still exists, and so does Miles Morales. So they all live on the main Earth, and now there's a new Peter Parker that's fucking thirty years old. Married to Mary Jane, has two kids. Never was, never was Spider Man until now. So he's he's not he, he didn't get bit by a radioactive spider. This is well after the yeah. yeah so it's just very strange. Uh, anyways, I'm curious to read that because as again uh, as I was saying before, Marco Cicchetto is a really great artist. He's on the book. It's Jonathan Hickman, one of the greatest writers of comics ever. So it's uh, it's worth reading. And then there's a new. There's a new publisher in the game, Distillery, which is a lot of like the old heads or not the old heads, but like the veterans of the music industry. Currently, Scott Snyder, I think Brian Azrilo and some of the artists are like Tula Lote. Uh, I don't remember who the fuck else is on it, but yeah, it's it's a it's a cabal of fucking yeah. comic book writers and artists and they made their own publishing company kind of like image what they were they're like the new yeah. age image. image so now they're releasing stuff and there's this thing called devil's cut which is kind of like an anthology series which is uh something like tales from the crypt where there's little short stories mm-hmm. so i want to read that like i think it'd be kind of cool i think it'd be sweet we should we should all like read it and then yeah we can talk about it on here and th- there's another thing i haven't I bought a few of the issues of Chip Zdarsky's and Daredevil's run. That was like something I think I started in 2021 or 2020. And it, I think last year, the year before it, so it was either 2022 or 2023, the series ended. Uh, I want to read it because I know it looks good. I know it's going to read good because Chip Zdarsky's also really awesome as a writer. So what I, a great I'm, name too, man. Yeah. Chip Zdarsky. Chip Zdarsky. Yeah. Fucking the legend himself. Yeah. Well, I don't know why, but, uh, you watch the Fairly Odd Parents? Oh yeah. In there, there's a comic book hero that he follows, and I think it's the greatest name ever. He's the Crimson Chin. Oh, the, the, the Crimson. Chin. Oh yeah, the big, <laughs> big chin motherfucker. Uh, there's an episode dope. where like it's like silver, like or all the Crimson Chins come to life. But it's like it's like there's the Silver Age and what like. Oh nice. So it was like that. He goes, "That's the." He goes, "Oh, this is the 1950s Crimson Chin." And then it's this guy in like an army vest that's ripped up and a helmet. That's the 1980s Crimson Chin. He's not allowed to talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he kind of looks like the tick, right? With yeah. like a fin on top. Like his and- finishing move is the chin up. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking great. Uh, so I don't know if there's anything else to add, but I mean, nah. we already kind of talked enough. Yeah, I, I think that for the future of this specific podcast, obviously we're talking about fucking comic books. We're probably going to read some books. People can read them along with us as we go. New stuff. Also, probably some old stuff. And people can read them along with us. We give our takes on them and, you know, go talk about cool scenes and stuff or whatever. And then also, <coughs> I, 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 we are going to do like, you all right? 
Uh, episode number two is going to be comic book stores. We're going to see you talk <laughs> shit. <laughs> so, yeah, so so stay tuned for that. So Adam can talk all the shit he wants about comic book stores. And I mean, I've been, listen, I've been to a lot of comic book stores too. And there are some good ones and there are some bad ones. You've been to two. No, I've been to more than that. I, I'm not going to say I've been to fucking a heap. I've been to a number of them or a number of here locally. I, I don't know if this is. He's literally been hey, to every single you remember one that, of them. Yeah, he probably has. You remember that one we went to in San Francisco? Unfortunately. That was like the worst fucking experience we've ever had. I mean, but anyways, we'll talk about it on that episode. Yeah. So we'll go deeper into that. And then also, I am going to, I was planning on for this episode because I really didn't know how long we were going to carry this for. So I, my whole backup plan was to, I brought all my whole, almost my whole collection down just so we could go through it and see like what I had just to see, oh, what's cool? Is this is cool? I got this. So obviously, I mean, we've been going for almost two hours. So that's not going to happen on this episode. So that, that will probably Wait, get its own hour and 47 or 48. Okay. So, well, let's just do 10 minutes of dead air just to make it two hours. Just make it two hours. Just say we did two hours. Uh, All right, everyone, sit inside. You know what? This is your time to meditate. This, no, this is, uh, what's it called? Uh, you got to get the room noise. Oh, yeah, the room noise <laughs> so we can delete it out. Uh, um, all right. Anyways, I know how we can end. Oh, okay. Since we talked about what got us into comics, because what, what got us out? What got us out? Yeah, <laughs> we could talk about it. I mean, I don't know if that's, that's a good point. I think that. Well, let's see how long we can go for. So, what? Since you brought it up, let's have you go first. What got you out? All right. So, towards the end of when I started collecting comic books, mm-hmm. one of the things that had pissed me off like thoroughly was how how many fucking times DC was rebooting the universe. After Doomsday Clock, mm, yeah, because they did like the DC Rebirth, uh, which was like what the, the New Fifty Two was to us like yeah. ten yeah. years ago or fifteen years ago, and uh, I think they did it two more fucking times yep. with a whole bunch of different bullshit. Yeah, and now Teen Titans are like the Justice League because I don't remember what happened with the Justice League at this point, but Teen Titans are now the like the superhero League, team, yeah. the go to superhero team. But it was the the number of times that DC was rebooting. It was the cost of the comic books going up by a dollar, like nearly every year since the pandemic. Um, And sure, like I think some of the page counts were increasing, but there was just as many ads as there were pages of actual. That's terrible content. And that was also the storage part, the storage part. It's such a pain in the ass to, uh, store all these things because i have i think seven or eight boxes and i just i'm like fuck i don't if i keep going (laughs) at this rate if i if i would have been collecting for the last three years i'm pretty sure i wouldn't have any space to move at this point you just be surrounded by comic boxes yeah so it was that It, it was a lot of the shit wasn't interesting for dc or marvel largely with the exception of like daredevil which i never fucking read that was a big mistake that was i it looked good when i saw the issue number one of it yeah I'm like okay great fucking writer great artist i just never bought it and i regret it every fucking day but then again i would have fucking 50 plus issues i mean that's true book. yeah so that, that was a problem but uh yeah it just felt like the end for me um, as far as like superhero stuff went and man, eventually like you're keeping track of like 30. I mean, I think I was reading probably close to 10 or 15 titles. Yeah. And then 
there was a point where I was just buying them and I wasn't even fucking reading, reading them. All you were just them. tossing them. Yeah, I'm like, all right, I need to just stop and just and then I I eventually just stopped and uh but now I'm kind of like interested because now there's more creator owned stuff, which I I think I like. I'm starting to like more later in my life because as far as ongoing series goes, you're always gonna get the same shit. It's like yeah, a writer and an artist are gonna be given a sandbox to play in, right? Sure. With toys and stuff. So it's, let's say it's Batman or Spider-Man. You get to do whatever you want for three to four years as the writer, like the writing team or the creative team for that. And then you have to put everything back so the next person. So you, it essentially means nothing in grand scheme. I guess, yeah, that's true. Because you're always going to bring back the character to its original. Its origin. And then these, the new guys are going to come in and put the toys where they want to play with the toys, how they want to play with them. Yeah. So, and now talking about like getting out of it, now getting back in. The reason I'm interested in Ultimate Spider-Man is, yes, there have been other incarnations of Spider-Man that have had something of like a happy ending. There's yeah. Spider-Man Renew Your Vows, which was uh, Spider-Man and Mary Jane got married and they had a kid. Like her, mm-hmm. It's his daughter. Yeah. Um, but it was an alter, alternate universe. I could say maybe the alternate, the ultimate universe, 1610, if it's being brought back, that even though it's like an alternate timeline, it's still kind of like the main timeline between yeah. the six, one, six universe and 1610. Um, I know it probably sounds like I'm talking gibberish, but it's fucking nice to see fucking Peter Parker have a fucking family for the first time in like years. Well, isn't that the curse of the whole Spider-Man that you're, you're supposed to have a shitty life? I mean, I think it's just, oh, it's man. either there was, Marvel. There was, that, there was that one issue where he was asking the God of Spiders, whatever. Yeah. Um, and he's like, because Peter Parker was like, you know how it is, how it is with him. He has a shitty life, mm. and he asked the guy, like, are there any other Peter Parkers that have it better than me? Oh, <laughs> you're the one that has it the best. <laughs> Damn, but dude, you know what's gonna happen? Mm. His family. Oh, died. Mary Jane's gonna die. The kids are gonna die, and then he's that. That's what they're gonna do. They're gonna do that to take that away from you. But like you that's. Genius. At least he had it for an It's going to be so good, though. It's going to make it hurt so bad. You're going to cry. What was that one run where he killed Mary Jane because his semen was radioactive? Oh, I don't know about <laughs> I, I, that. That sounds fucking wild. That's awesome. I got to read that. <laughs> that's um, fucking wild. Anyways. All right. Well, what, what, well, so wait, that's what got you out. Now it's what's getting you back in. Yeah. Is that the is fact this, after all these fucking years, Peter Parker is married to Mary Jane. And he has two kids. And he's somewhat happy. There's part of his brain that says there's something wrong with my life. And Tony Stark in the new Ultimate Universe is telling him, "Hey, you weren't supposed to have this life." And I'm gonna explain why. Get, like, it's this hologram. It's like the equivalent of like fucking Princess Leia telling him, "Hey, yeah. there's something wrong with this universe. Somebody, somebody has been tampering. It's 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 fucking." Uh, Huh? Watchmen crossover where everybody's been noticing something weird is going going on with them, and then they find the button. Yeah, yeah, it, like that. Like, oh, someone's been fucking with us. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's the creator, or uh, God damn it, I'm, I can't remember his name. Man, Richards, Richards, Mister Fantastic. What's his first name? Um, Reed Richards. Reed Richards. Yeah, yeah. So Reed Richards in that universe, in the Ultimate Universe, is a real cunt. Like he's 
takes science to the extreme, and he eventually removed part of his skull so that he can let his brain, brain expand. <laughs> so he looks like uh, I don't know if you ever guys if you guys ever saw Malcolm in the middle of the episode where Hal gets into uh, speed walking. Oh yeah, that's what fucking the creator oh, looks I, like. I thought you were gonna say like he was gonna look like the thinker from DC. The thinker, yeah, he has like all those rods and shit coming out of his brain. Oh, expanding shit. yeah. Uh, so yeah, Reed Richards is a real son of a bitch, and I don't know how how he is tampered with the the Ultimate Universe, but that's that's gonna be half the fun is finding out why the the Ultimate Universe is even back. Like, yeah, yeah, true. Why didn't you do this? For the lols, for the lols, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, what about you, Frank? What got what got you out? From that, collecting that flood, the flood, the flood just ruined it for Losing you. Losing all your shit. Losing all your shit. You were just Literally like, no, nope, there's no point. Single comic I own was gone. But didn't it also set you free because now you were no longer <laughs> tied down to? I mean, like the way I am, dude. That I still have eight boxes of comics of just sitting Fuck. there. Let me ask you this, Adam. Let me go over your house and destroy this comic book. Let's, let's see how freeing that's gonna make you. Feel. At this point, dude. I mean, you might as well, man. <laughs> Get rid of this shit. Anyways, Damn. yeah. So. Yeah, I honestly, and then well, are you, would you say that you're uh, going to get back? Well, I mean, you're going to have to get back into it if you're going to read the shit that we're going to be reading about I don't on here. Think I am. Not collecting wise, but at least just reading it. No? Probably memorabilia and all that stuff still, but no, I, I don't think I can get back into comics after that. It just destroyed it. Same, same with manga. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you don't read manga anymore? I still read it. I just don't collect it. Oh, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, you're still going to have to read the shit, but obviously, we're not, you're not going to go out and buy shit, is what you're saying. Literally what I said. Oh well, I was just clarifying. I, but we've been talking too long. But anyways, oh, I, I that that goes for me too. I'm not actually gonna buy shit. I'm just yeah, we're just gonna read it. Read it, yeah, yeah. Well, so you know, basically we're saying we're no, gonna be pirates. No, 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 no. That's not what we're no, saying. No, no, I no, didn't no. say that. We didn't say that at all. But actually, what what we would like to clarify for the government and the comic book companies is that we fuck yourselves. the comp the the company will be purchasing these books, and the company will be taking care of uh, the storage and the maintenance of the books. And reselling them potentially so that there's no loss, and that way it's all just even, and that we just read them <laughs> and then move on, right? You just go to the public library like I used to. Read them and move on. Do they still have those? Is that still a thing? I don't know. Does the library I, even I exist? Doubt it. I doubt it. You know what? That's a good idea. I still have my library card. I should go to the library and see if they have comics there. Man, I you're gonna go there? Oh man, all these comics. You go, okay, sir? Uh, you owe us fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> you owe us nine thousand dollars. Oh, for what? <laughs> <laughs> you never returned uh, the Pootie Tang shit. <laughs> okay, Frank. If if I I'm gonna find this Pootie Tang comic, that's not what you're saying in the movie. Is it's something totally different? But I'm gonna find it and I we're gonna read it. Seeing it on iFunny, there people like all right talking about it. I'm finding it and we're reading it. That you guys. That's like, one thing we will do here is we read the Pootie Tang unrelated to the like, movie comic. I think the comic was about people whose lives got ruined by that movie. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, oh, hey, you need to return your copy of the novelization of Pootie of Pootie Tang. Tang the movie. Hey, don't fuck. With, I love that movie. All right, I love Pootie Tang the movie. That don't fuck with me. A, that explains a lot about. Don't you. fuck with me. I love that. Have you? Have, what do you mean? That explains a lot about me. It explains a lot about you. It's an excellent movie. When he takes off the belt and he fucking like, yeah. I just love that movie, dude. It's so good. All right, did we reach two hours? No, nah, not quite. But anyways, well, yeah. I didn't get. I didn't say my piece yet. Okay, yeah, that's so right, yeah. So nobody I nobody cares. What? Nobody cares. I guess that's probably yeah. true. What are you talking about? Nobody cares about anybody. I guess that's true. So I I guess I got out just because I feel like I paralleled into other collecting. And my, I, I, I always, I'm a hoarder. So I think I, it just moved. I think my comic 
hoarding turned into Funko Pop hoarding. I think that's Your what ended up happening. Sitting on top of your uh, di- dining table. Yeah, it, it's already giving me anxiety because it's just all hanging out. And I'm like, oh man, there was a point where I was just stacking shit on top. Oh yeah, of each other, and and then I had to sit down and organize all that shit. And just that, that gives me PTSD. Well, okay. So, I mean, it was organized upstairs on my shelves. Mm. I had to, I pulled it out because I only have the one box and I, and I specifically didn't want to put shit all crammed in the box so that it would get fucked up. Yes. So I just have it. The box has a nice little space. It's got some air in it. So, you know, the shit doesn't get all crampity and crimped and oh. shit. You know what? what's funny? I just realized mm. I did buy a comic recently. Oh, you did? Yeah. It was the Simpsons one. Oh yeah. Oh, that's. The only reason I bought it was because it was the Simpsons. And they all had the, like, they were carrying the American flag. Bart was a drummer boy and shit. Oh, okay. That's cool. I just so, bought it because it looked cool. Yeah. And, and I honestly, on my wall. what's going to get me back? I don't think I'm going to get back into maybe collecting, I, I would say, as much. Definitely not. That's probably not going to happen. But what's going to get me back into reading them again is obviously this podcast. But just previously, I did buy a comic a couple months ago. Well, it's not a comic. It was more like a graphic novel novel or whatever. But it was The Last Ronin, the Ninja Turtles. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, after story or I don't know what you want to call it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the, it's like, it's like the, the equivalent f- of dark Knight returns. With, yeah. Uh, yeah. Basically. Yeah. And so, yeah, so I bought that and that was pretty cool. So, um, yeah, fuck that's, that's that. So that's, that's, that's what's getting me back into it, I guess of not collecting, but just reading them. Cause I haven't read a comic in fucking man. It's been like some of those in there. I, I think there are some of those that I have never even actually cracked open. I think that like what you were doing, I was, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm honestly shit. surprised that you know how to read. I mean, I know how to read proficiently enough to have graduated from public school in the United States of America. Which, again, that's, again, that's. Well, that's the minimum requirement. I met the minimum requirement <laughs> at the time. At the time. Now, I think my reading skills probably gone down even further. So, I mean, no, I might, I might no, not pass the high school no, exit exam. You might be at a college level now. College level. Shit. Uh, I mean, actually, I was trying to think of the word of the day. Oh, I have one for the CUP, which actually is a fucking perfect word for it. So I won't use it in here. I was looking it up when you were looking up that. I found it when you were telling us what was that it? word. Well, no, I got to tell you on the CUP podcast. The word, the word that I was. I have one for the word of the day. That whatever you were trying to look up, I never found the word that we were looking for. Oh, okay, I ended mind. up finding some other word yeah. that means something different. But I was like, oh man, this is perfect for that. So I'm gonna use it on that. But anyways, mm. what do you got for word of the day? I don't know. That's what I'm trying to find. Oh. I, 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 so you have to hold it. <laughs> Oh, okay. even longer to fuck Good, that's fine so so yeah so uh stay tuned for some more episodes uh gonna be about you know we're gonna go through my collection and just see what i currently have and we might, we'll probably have to do two or three episodes on adam's eight box fucking collection oh fuck no or maybe he should just find the shit that's like the best stuff and then just you know talk about that i guess we can see what kind of good shit he's got in there but or maybe even some of the weird shit that he's got in there oh uh, you know what would be interesting because i don't know if people i mean shit why not just have this word because it's just good to know. Yeah, all right. So the wow, zing, wham. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you know what that word is? Onomatopoeia, right? Yeah. Okay. So I think that'd be a cool word of the day. That is a great o- word of the day. Onomatopoeia is the uh, description of like a sound effect or. Yeah, like when we see buzzes for flies. Yeah. So I don't know. Onomatopoeia. That's a good word. Yeah. Do we need to use it in a sentence or are we just going to? No. All right. Yeah, Onomatopoeia. Okay. That's your word for the day right. to educate you. Okay, wait. On, wait, say it again. Onomatopoeia. Onomatopoeia. Okay, I think it starts with an O. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you got that. Okay. On O-N. <laughs> O-N. On O-N-A. No. O-N-O? 
Yes. Uh, country of origin. Okay, country etymology. Uh, can I have the definition again, please? <laughs> yeah. Can I can I use it? Can I use it? Yeah. Use it in a sentence. Okay. O n o m anoma o a yeah o n o m a t yeah anomat o yeah p yeah i a mm, you're missing two letters before the i a jesus christ o yes i again no anomat it's a vowel yeah a u no an a no an E? Yeah. Fuck, there's an E in there? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Automatopoeia. O-N-O-M as in Matthew. Yeah. Actually, let me start over to make sure. Yeah. O-N as in Nathan. O-M as in Matthew. A-T-O-P as in Peter. O-E-I-A. Automatopoeia. That's a fucked up word, man. It's fucking English, and- dude. Obviously, that now you know I never want any spelling bees as a child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like California. There it is. C O M M U N I S M. I mean, California. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck did you say? I said I spelled communism. <laughs> there was a, the reason I said that was because there's somebody like, uh, spell California. Like C O M P T. Oh, and <laughs> Compton. <laughs> Great. Uh, all right. Wait, wait. Let me make sure we cleared two hours. Oh, yeah, we did. We're good. We we're like two hours and five minutes. All right, cool. Well, Jesus Christ, if you listen this far, thanks for listening. And, you know, if you listen for, to us talk and ramble for the last two hours, the next the, the, the next episodes will also have ranting, but they just won't be as long. <laughs> or maybe they will. Who knows? But they'll maybe have a little more structure to them. I don't know. This is the first one. We'll see how the fuck it goes. Yeah, this was a free, free, uh, free use. freestyle. This is a freestyle, freestyle episode. Free form. Yeah, so, yeah, we'll, we'll catch you on the next one. And, and again, if you did stick around this far to actually listen to us for two and a half hours, you can spend 10 seconds to type into your Instagram or your fucking TikTok and don't, don't, click don't, don't, the don't, button. Don't, no, I'm doing it. I don't give a fuck, all right? You're sounding like those fucking Twitch thoughts. Are like, you can't spend $5? $5? I'm not even asking them to spend money. Yeah, well, you're- I'm just asking for a click. It's free. It doesn't cost them anything. And first of all, just ask yourself, if you really, if you click to follow any other assholes on TikTok or Instagram, just ask yourself, did they just give you two and a half hours of content? No, they just gave you a fucking little 30 second snippet that you said, oh, this is funny. And you click the button. So go fuck yourself. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Give your balls a tug. Anyways, you know how I feel. We're not your supervisor. Do whatever you want. Fucking, (laughs) you, you, you do anyways. So... All right. Well, that's the end of it for us. Thanks for listening. We'll uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Peace out.